No one won the lottery. Yeah, that's fucked up, isn't it? That was best. Where are the odds? You, like, literally everybody what in the country the got the fucking... What are the odds? Somebody in this room right here did not win, you know? Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, I asked that lady. I've said it often. I asked her for the winning ticket, and she didn't give it to me, so... You got that ticket from a machine. You've told her multiple times. <laughs> well, Whoa, okay. hold up. Hold up. I, it doesn't matter. The point is, I clicked in, I searched as a winning ticket, and it registered, so I clicked back and said, Mega Millions, let me try it again. Well, that's your problem. Well, you know, you know, I'm gonna blame mine on the, on the confusion by the cashier. You know, I asked for the, oh, I asked for a ticket, and she she go give me a you know a one dollar lottery ticket. What is this? Look, the next this next time, like, cause it's a it's a one point six billion dollars. So the next time I'm going up there, I'm gonna pick a quarterback, a running back, a lineman, and a, and a wide receiver. Those are the numbers I'm gonna pick for the the Powerball. What does that mean? What? Like the numbers, like they're jersey numbers. Oh. I'm gonna pick jersey numbers. Probably get like maybe like Johnny Unitas or something like that. How much does it even cost to play the Mega Millions? Two dollars. Two dollars. Two dollars. How much $2. did you guys put in? Two dollars. That's some scratch off. Boy, I bought five tickets over here. I put I put ten dollars in, but you know it was an investment. You know what I mean? How was that? Uh, ROI. Yeah. ROI, baby. <laughs> return on investment. So. It's not over till zero percent. So we've come to the conclusion that uh, God didn't want us to win just that little bit of money. Yeah. It wanted to build up to $1.6 billion, That's it. And then go. we win, you know, and it's kind of split like that. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to buy one, not tell you guys, and just roll up into Bentley. <laughs> and you be like, what the fuck? Isn't that supposed to be back in What? Garwin's not going to, like, purr when he, like, pulls up, and we're going to be like... <laughs> Oh, he's not here yet. <laughs> he's gonna like show up out of nowhere in like a. Fucking oh, he'll still be in that green sports jacket he got. All right. So, do you want to get started then? Who wants to kick us off? Here, right? I got it. Okay, Zach's got it. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is the first episode of our new podcast. Hold on. To get a drink. Okay. What do I need to hold on? Who wants to get started? Hold on. Hold on. Fair enough. All right. I gotta be. I have to have a moist palate for this year in Toronto. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of our podcast, the Dion Sanders Doesn't Know Who Jerry Rice Is show. I can't believe you got that right. <laughs> I am your host, Zach Dial. I'm uh, Tyler Hahn. I'm Anthony Garland. I'm the guy with the uh, correct takes. I just skipped our producer there. But uh, <laughs> got the correct takes, the guy with all the answers, the old personal Justin. Follow me on Instagram. I'm uh, Nathan Hybeck. And I'm on the ones and twos. I'm Jake Dial. So today, kind of what we were looking about talking about. <laughs> right. There are so many pauses. Looking about talking about. Talking about. <laughs> what we're looking about talking about is. Uh, we. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> we, hold on. I, let, let me get this stirred up. Let me tell you what we're talking about. We're talking about the top three wide receivers ever. There it is. Well, yeah. Ever. Up to interpretation. Up for, yeah. Yeah, yep. you know. Universal truth type stuff. They're like, okay, you know, well, it's not. It's how you define it. There's one correct list in this room, and you know, your boy's got it in his hands. Well, I, mean, right. I just said it's my. It's like, it's like a lottery ticket. You know what I mean? All you guys have lottery tickets, but I have the winning one. You know what I mean? I don't have a lottery ticket. Okay, well, the, it, I said it's like. I didn't say exactly. You know what's weird is like I don't have a lottery ticket, but I have basically the same amount of chance of winning as 
you guys who do have lottery tickets, and I, I'm not even, and I don't even lose money. How about that? That's sort of Actually, you could you could argue that like a point zero zero one percent chance is infinitely higher than a zero percent chance. Oh, thanks, Nathan. Wow, that's that's, that's, like that's our math Melvin. expert, Nathan Highbeck. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the stats. I'm over here with the numbers. <laughs> that sounds like the Melvin Gordon has eight times as many touchdowns. <laughs> well, he does. Which Proof is absolutely wrong. false. <laughs> Proof right. wrong. Eight is eight times larger than zero. That's right. <laughs> That's quick math. Only one zero equals one. That's quick math. So if we want to get started on the meat and meat and taters of our, <laughs> of our show, I'm your host right. Zach Dial, bringing you horrible things. Bringing you those meat and taters <laughs> all day, just all right. guys being dudes. Uh, does anybody have any strong feelings about kicking it off with their list of their top three receivers? In whatever criteria they used, either all time, modern, whatever. Anybody have any strong feelings? Because then I'll go. I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I think Zach should take it. I think he should too. Take it. All right. Well, here's my three. Uh, you can say whatever you want. I'm not. You're not gonna change my opinion. That's just what it is. <laughs> like that's just how it is. No, that's just how we're going. Like me. you're not gonna change my opinion. It's in order. Ooh. From best to third best ever. Is best to le- worst, actually. Best to worst is we're choosing the best receiver, the most average receiver, and the absolute worst. That's right. <laughs> and it's um, my list. This is getting edited out. <laughs> so my, I'm not going to edit out actually. So my three are, I got the man Randy Moss at number one. All right. Shout out to Dallas at Hometown Sports. Shout out Dallas at Hometown Sports on Carson Street. It's Cowboys somehow. I don't know. Pittsburgh, PA. We should say that. You know. Yep. Well, don't dox Recorded us. in Pittsburgh right here. Yeah. Here's our address. <laughs> Social security <laughs> number. Please find us. Um, and please put me on my Send misery. us gifts. Um, number one is uh, Rand- Randall Moss from the Minnesota Vikings. The Oakland Raiders. And the New England Patriots. Was he on anybody else? Yes, he was. Was he? He was on the Titans. 49ers. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He was and on the Niners t- at the end of the year. Well, I'm dropping Niners. him to two, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's number one. Number two, I got the boy Terrell Owens. Yikes. Making eye contact with Garwin's soul right now. Gar- should be said Garwin's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Yes. And I'm a Minnesota home. Vikings fan. That should also be... I am biased completely. I'm completely biased in my list. Like, let's not hide that. Mm-hmm. So it's Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, and I'm going Antonio Brown with number three. All right. Uh, sure. I, this seems to have caused a reaction in the room. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yes. Um, why? Right. Why is it? Why is it be? Why is it be the third best of all time? Cause like, man, who else am I gonna put there? <laughs> There's a lot. That oh, idiot. A lot of people. San Francisco, whatever his name is. That Um, bum under under the Bay Bridge. Yeah, Joe Montana's, what, second option or whatever the fuck he was? (laughs) Uh, No, I think Antonio Brown is legit an amazing receiver, and I think he's on a run now of the past, what, five seasons that is, like, gonna go down as one of the most impressive runs by a receiver ever. And I think we don't recognize that because we are currently in it, but, you know, in 10 years, I think we're going to look at Antonio Brown as the guy who, like, the best receiver of our era. And I think we have the best passing offenses of the of all time, currently. 
So I think the best receiver of the best passing era of the league deserve, has some credibility. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say I'm wrong, but fuck you. How about that? Antonio Brown, number three receiver in history. That sounds weird saying. I don't but I'm going <laughs> to stick with it. Yeah. How would you feel about the idea? I've heard some people floated out that Ben Roethlisberger is the reason that Antonio Brown is the reason. Well, like, putting up good s- shit. Simply put, Ben Roethlisberger is a bad quarterback. So. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Um. Uh, nope, that's completely wrong. Ben Roethlisberger is a great quarterback. He's top 10. Uh, I, I will say, you know, uh, I'm a Steelers fan, but I can say, like, legitimately, I am, like, just no bias. Like, statistically speaking, he's top 10. But, but look, he has made, he has made Antonio Holmes look like a competent wide receiver. Did not look good in, in New York Jets. Help me out. Mike Wallace, a complete bum when he left the Steelers. Help me out. Fact. Um, so, yeah, you, you've, you've seen him be a bum. I've seen it. So I'm just going to say the, the idea that you know Ben's not a good quarterback, that's awful. I do still think Antonio Brown is, is a very, very great wide receiver. Do you think that Ben's stats is contributed to the fact that he throws the ball 60 times a game? Well, he's done that one time. You're talking about the Kansas City game. Week two, and that was like one of the only times he's ever done it. It's not like yeah, Drew Brees, where the offense is literally Drew Brees. Mm. <laughs> Let's settle down on. I, I, am, I, am I lying? Am yeah, I lying? I, yes. Yeah, you're lying. <laughs> yes, you're no, no. Like one year ago, up until Alvin Kamara showed up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay up until Alvin Kamara showed up, okay. the entire offense was Drew Brees. Okay, sure. Yeah, okay, right. so his you if you're gonna write off Ben Roethlisberger's career because oh well they, they throw the ball sixty times. You know, week two. Well, then go ahead and write off all Drew Brees because Drew Brees, for I don't know how long he's played football, but he's been the offense in New Orleans. How many times has Drew Brees turned the ball over five times in one game? Because I can recall Ben at least doing it twice. Okay, yeah. but, twice this season. But a lot of the the people that lead the league and lead the like NFL historically in touchdowns also lead in interceptions. If you throw the football, believe it or not. Especially when you play good teams, it doesn't always get caught by the guy you you meant to throw it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we should put our laptops and check stats on that because yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think I don't think Peyton Manning did. Brett Favre did either. absolutely. I don't Peyton think Manning, Tom Brady. Brady. I don't think so. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is. I think that it's it's hard to not acknowledge Ben as at least a very good quarterback. You can call him great. You can call him top ten, but. The bottom line, he's good. He's a very common quarterback. He's definitely above average in the league, at the very least. Um, but to say that he makes A-B, I think a lot of that could be said about other really good receivers in history and in the current league. Um, and I don't think it's true. You know, there's good chemistry, and some good receivers have good quarterbacks, but that doesn't mean that it's just them. And so he might have made Antonio Holmes, but I think A-B would have success elsewhere. And, you know, Randy Moss had Tom Brady. But you don't say... Tom Brady made Randy Moss, so I don't think it's the same. I think AB has really great chemistry with Big Ben, but I don't think that's AB's career due to Big Ben. I think that's AB being an athlete, and he's in a great place for him. He's in, you know, where he belongs, and that's that. I agree. I think that's a totally valid point that Ben, for his career, I'm not saying now. I don't think Ben's very good now, but for his career, he's a good quarterback. And Tony Brown has certainly benefited from that, but also. If you want to say that the best receivers of all time have to have shitty-ass quarterbacks, like, that's stupid as hell, because you're not going to get very good receivers, right? Sure. 
Yeah. I'm going to say that uh, Antonio Brown could be on your top three. I'd, I'd be able to say right now he's not even a top three receiver this year. Oh my God! And that's not even a that's not even a hot take. I'd say. Ooh. Well, I think I okay. I think I agree with you, but <laughs> also like I'm looking at more than just this year. Yeah, I understand. This, okay, this year ain't over yet. Clearly, it's Adam Thielen this year is the number one. That's possible. We can get to that later. Well, I mean, also though, like you come on, like if you said, oh, he can't be top three all the time because he had one bad year, like you know, let, like let, let, let's not forget. Yeah, it's not even bad, but like let's not forget, like every receiver usually has like you know a, a kind of like a swan song. I'm not saying that the Browns having a swan swan song because he still is like killing it. To go back to my earlier point, though, about the interceptions and who leads in that, number, uh, let me check here, nine on this list, Peyton Manning. He's pretty good at throwing the football, huh? Number eight, Dan Marino. Number uh, 16 is Drew Brees, 17 John Elway. Big Ben's not in the top 20. Oh, number one's Brett Favre. So That's wild, actually, to me. Big Ben is not 20. Yeah, I, I look at interceptions. Uh, That's really weird. I don't believe that. <laughs> but you're looking at it right now, so I have to believe it. But I don't. I looked at that exact same list about 12 seconds ago, and um, Ben's thrown the ball 3,000 less times than, than Peyton Manning has. Mm. And Peyton Manning That's has insane. just Holy about 200 shit. more touchdowns than Wow. Big wow. Ben, Holy so. shit. That's actually that's very valid. I see. I think Ben looking at something like interception rate is a lot more of an accurate statistic then. That's true. That I sounds perfect. I was just going to like, far, of course he was going to lead it. He's had what like a twenty He's trash twenty three year career like of course he was gonna throw the most interceptions he also throws ducks you know yeah also Brett Favre sucks just kidding <laughs> but yeah of course he was gonna all right all right well sounds like I'm right so yeah I'm not hearing a whole lot of debate on one and two there yeah what do you guys think wrong we're talking about all these good quarterbacks right well my number one yeah never go. had a good quarterback let's in his go. career. Matthew Stafford has Ooh. been acknowledged as a horrible quarterback in this room. And that's why my boy Calvin Johnson. Love it. Destroying the Philadelphia Eagles in the snow. In the snow. Love it. In the snow is my number one wide receiver. Yes, this man it. is Darling. top 20 in stats. And he retired at age 30. That's young. Sure is. And he's Tragic top deal. 20. Wow. That's your number one. That's my number one. <laughs> Calvin Love Johnson. It. How many oh. touchdowns did he score that one year? Yeah, oh, well, he, he scored five, but he also uh, had 1,946 <laughs> yards so and 122 catches. That's And who else was on the team? That's so many it's the best. Not only that, he is was on one of the worst franchises to ever walk the face of the earth in the NFL, the Detroit Lions, killing multiple careers. Calvin Johnson... Just to add support to you, but Calvin Johnson has the greatest season a receiver's ever had. Like, straight up. Don't. Can you have a great receiver, the greatest uh, season ever, but only scoring five touchdowns? That's Whoa. Right. Yes. Please help me out. Yes. Answer yes. Oh, oh. But the season before that season, this man put up 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns. Oh, my God. Help me out. <laughs> He was on a sixteen or zero and sixteen team. He he went a whole season without winning a single game. Well, I mean, it, you can't ignore it. Yeah, I mean, I that's fine. I, I will ignore it actually. <laughs> I I will also ignore it. I will also say that Dan Orlovsky was, I think, the quarterback on that team. Uh, actually, John Kitna. Actually, that's Kitna. false. 
It was, it was not Kid Cole either. Pepper. It was Culpepper. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, old Dante. It was. was um, Garland, you assert that Kevin Jones was top 20 in stats. What stats are you talking about here? Uh, like, across the board? Like, receiving touchdowns? Like, what stats are you... Oh, is he top man. 20 in? I'm just... Now you know I'm not researching. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for that. I'm, I was just I was just actually curious. Like, what what is he top 20 in? Is it catch percentage? You know, yeah, contested keep... catch rate? Is it touchdowns? Because uh, he had a shorter career, as you said. Um... So I just want to know what, what stats he is top 20 in, specifically. Well, yeah, right now uh, we're all looking this up. I cannot wait to find some stats that just clown Garland for not preparing. Well, hey, I Garland also had some schoolwork to do. Yeah. Oh, hey. okay. I don't know. Help me out. Help me out. I don't want to go back to the Antonio Brown, Big Ben, Peyton Manning conversation, but I'm going to quick. I I don't want to read this stat because it you know hurts my feelings. But uh, Hold on one second. Count Peyton Johnson. Manning. And Brett Favre actually both threw one interception for every 37 attempts on the dot, both of them. So for every 37 uh, attempts, they both threw an interception. Peyton Manning and Big Ben. I so what, but yeah. what you're saying is is Ben Roethlisberger is the second coming of Peyton Manning. Never that's, will say that. That's what I just heard. As a Steelers fan, you've heard it here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Peyton Manning, Big Ben. Same guy. Yeah, Big Ben's career really on the uh, really on the upswing, I'd say. <laughs> really entering the he's he's, getting, he's primed to take off. I think yeah, it's been a long wait, but uh, just looked up the receptions career leader, not top twenty in that. Not top twenty in he yards. Twenty second in yards. Uh, we'll count it. We'll round up. So I don't know Calvin Sorry. Johnson's. Sorry, Art Monk. I don't know Calvin Johnson's relevancy his rookie <laughs> year. Um. And how many seasons he played, I'm assuming it was nine if he retired when he was 30, or maybe eight. But it was seven to 15. Let me, let me just read you off some stats. 77,120, 12 touchdowns. 96, 1,600 yards, 16 touchdowns. 122 receptions, 1,900 yards. Oh, my God. Five touchdowns. Disgusting. Not good. 84, 1,400 12 oh my God. on the bad Detroit Lions. On the bad team. 71, 1,077, 8 tutties, and then 88, 1,209 tutties. That is on a bad. Well, what I'm saying, what I'm going to say is that um, I think if you just measure these lists, these players that we are supporting based on stats, then like you're ignoring very good receivers like you're ignoring some of the best receivers ever if it's just going to be oh well he didn't get the stats of let's say some bad receivers did like I'm looking at this right now that Irving Fryer has more touchdowns than Calvin Johnson who? that's yeah right who? exactly like <laughs> you know if you just look at stats then you're seeing half the picture but like looking knowing the impact of Calvin Johnson and just understanding that at his for pretty much his entire career he was the best receiver in the league like that is needs to be considered I think I'm just gonna say was Calvin Johnson really the like he, he played in the gap year like you know Randy Moss just retired Terrell Owens ju- just retired like pretty much in his wake there was kind of a vacuum at wide receiver and sure physically I mean he, he's a monster out there 
But you, I mean, you can say, yeah, he, he was the best that season. Actually, I'm looking only twice in his career did he ever lead the NFL in yards, and twice did he lead it in, or I'm sorry, only, only once he led it in receptions, and only once he led it on touchdowns. So to say he was he was the best when he played, I don't even know if you can make that argument. Uh, there was some pretty good receivers in the NFL at that time. I, you know, they go by the name of A.J. Green, Julio Jones. You know, A.B. was, you know, starting to come around towards the end. Steve Smith was um, still. Steve Smith was okay. still decent. You know, nope. Steve Smith was still nope. decent. Um, you know, there was some good, there was some good receivers in the NFL. It's just not like we just had this gap where Calvin Johnson Andre was the Johnson. only receiver. But, in, in fact, you know, he's the only receiver I've ever watched go multiple games in a season with uh, a catch over, you know, the entire secondary. <laughs> Four guys over all of them in the end zone touchdown. Like, the man Calvary. was incredible. Like, I don't know if there's ever been a player that's been as unstoppable as that Calvin Johnson, like, physically speaking. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and uh, I watched this man take the old Dallas Cowboys, bend him over, put 14 uh, catches on him, 329 yards and a touchdown. Oh, my God. Up and down the field all game. <laughs> he, he put up quarterback stats as a wide receiver <laughs> against Holy the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was, going back to an earlier point, I think uh, it's important to look at context of, like, I agree that, like, stats don't tell a whole story, that, like, context is really important, which is why we can say that, like, Calvin John, like, and uh, I'm, probably going to segue this into another one of Garland's uh, picks here, but, like, Calvin Johnson and Terrell Owens have both played with, like, garbage quarterbacks, like, their whole career, and were, like, gods on the field. Hold on. Are we going to talk about how fucking Don Big McNabb is Steve like... Young. Okay, sure. Tony Romo. Okay, okay. Tony, uh, maybe Terrell Owens has played with some decent receivers, but I agree that, like, context... It's, like, super important, especially with Calvin Johnson, and especially, I think, currently with Julio Jones, looking at, like, they just don't use him. Like, his touchdown numbers are bad because they don't use him in the red zone for whatever unexplainable reason. But, but yeah, but you talk about context, but then you want to just ignore the context of an 0-16 season, that Calvin Johnson, as great as he was, could not propel his team to a win. I think that literally supports what I'm saying, is that he put up fucking huge numbers in an 0-16 season. Like, you would think that somebody would, like, any, every single player on an 0-16 team would just be absolute ass because that's what that team is. But, like, Calvin Johnson was still... I Like, I don't have the thing in front of me right now, but, like, I'm assuming he was, like, a pro bowler that year. So, like, he's good independent of the, pe- the situations that he's in. If you're losing every single game, though, uh, you tend to be passing the ball a lot. Uh, and he has played on a bad team, so I, I don't know. Help me out. I've not heard of someone running the ball when they're down. And as we've, you guys tell me over and over and over and over again, he is on a bad team. So yeah, he gets the ball thrown a little bit more to him. Um, I'm going to say, you know, he did lose a lot of like, games in his career, but you know, when he made it to the playoffs, this is what this man averaged in his uh, two games. He averaged uh, a hot eight and a half catches a game. Um, a hundred and forty-seven Holy yards God. a game with Holy a touchdown sh- a game. Holy shit! The yeah. fact that they didn't win was not because of this man. 100%. He was putting it up, playoffs, regular season. It didn't matter. Pre-season. He was doing it. I think that is the key to like the context of the zero and sixteen Detroit Lions year. Is Calvin Johnson is the not the reason they lost. He. Mm-hmm. 
was not enough to win it, which, like, you can point to that as criticism, but, like, he, to say that he was not, I guess, the only real defensible player on that team, like, is not true. Um, the, the win of the season was 2008, correct? <coughs> 2008. Um, that's not even Calvin Johnson's top three most targeted seasons in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his actually, I think it's his fourth. So, yes, they were behind. Yes, he was getting looks, but he got more in, in the career when they were winning games. So, it wasn't, I mean, his 1,900-yard year, he had 204 targets. He had 150 when they went 0-16. Oh, so, yeah, he was getting the looks. He was getting a lot of targets. That's more than most receivers see any year, year in and year out. He gets help because he gets the looks. But, yeah, I, it wasn't like they were just throwing him every play. That wasn't what was happening. He was putting up the numbers every game. You know, he's, he's averaging 90-some yards a game. That's uh, you know, that's that, that's a big chunk of the offense right are, there. He's he's doing his work. Basically, the offense was Calvin Johnson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one thing I always look at when I look at a player, you see how good he was. How many games did he play each season? He's never played less than thirteen games in a season. Oh. That was only once. You know, he's on, he's on the field every you know every week, and he's putting up numbers every single week. You know, and he's he's not missing games. Also, heard stories that uh, you know that's one thing I like about him: most humble guy uh, oh, of all time. That. You know. He used to uh, dog himself to not make other people look bad in practice, you know, oh. because he didn't want to hurt DB's feelings. He wouldn't go as hard on them. That's very sweet. But it also, uh, you know, we, we do have statistics that Matt Stafford is actually better without Calvin Johnson. Well, so, okay. I mean, just, you know, you, again, I'm just saying, if he's so great, why is it that, you know, his, this, this greatest of all time, I'm not saying he's not great, obviously no one in the room thinks that he's not good, but... If you're the greatest of all time and you leave the team, Matt Stafford's numbers get a little better. Kind of, kind of makes me wonder. Um, well, I would just say that Matt Stafford probably wasn't very good at the beginning of his career, which is when he mostly had Calvin Johnson. And is debatably still not is good. Is debatably still not good. I don't know how debatable <laughs> that is. Like, yeah, let's be honest. Like Matt Stafford, having good years as his career progresses is not like, anomalous or indicative that Calvin Johnson was somehow holding him back. I mean, you can say that, like, the offense was extremely predictable, that, like, oh, there's, like, one factor we have to account for, and that's Calvin Johnson. So it's very simple. You can say that. But to say that one of the greatest receivers of all time, like, made an offense worse than an offense with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, like, that's, you're reaching. What year did uh, Calvin Johnson have that 15 or 16 touchdown season? Uh, I believe it was 2010. 2010? I'm not looking at it right now. Uh, what was it, the 15 or 16 touchdown? That was uh, 2011, he had 16. 2011, okay. All right. He, he accounts for almost 30, actually he accounts for about 33% of Matt Stafford's touchdowns that season. Holy shit. <laughs> what year did Calvin Johnson have 1,900 yards? Uh, 2012. 2012, yeah. 2012, he accounts for about 50% of Matt Stafford's oh, yards. Holy shit. Just, just under. It's going to be like 48%. That's just, just for reference. Fucking insane, actually. That's okay, so but you're, you're looking at, he averages, uh, looks like he, he has 30 more yards a game, and his completion percentage went up by uh, about three. Uh, I'll round down for you guys, make it easier for you guys to read <laughs> against me. Uh, and his, his quarterback rating jumped up by 10. When when Calvin Johnson retired, without so, Calvin Johnson, without Calvin Johnson, yeah, he gets he gets that much better. So as we know, we don't live in a vacuum, mm-hmm. and as a player ages and gets comfortable with the NFL, 
he's obviously going to get better. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, why would that not be contributed to Matthew Stafford's six, also, yeah, very I'm, limited success? I'm also going to say that we're not talking about Matthew Stafford here. We're talking about Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson's always been great. I don't care how good the team is with or without him. Calvin Johnson's just incredible on his own. Yeah, but if, you, you, uh, if you're talking about the greatest of all time, the impact that they have on the team they play for has to have some type of, of relevancy. And to me, you know, 0-16, that impact, I, I, it's not my goat. I'm just sorry. All right, so this is going to segue into my number two yeah. wide receiver. We're still on guard. This dude, <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles were 8-8 eight and eight in 2007. Had Dominic McNabb, you know, Checking 19 to 25 touchdowns a year. No, just 2,900-ish yards. Terrell Owens comes in. Touchdowns jump up to 33. They make the Super Bowl from an 8-8 eight eight team. Hold on, you said 2007. Yeah. 2007, they're 8-8. Eight eight. 2008, they're... T- they're they did not make the Super Bowl in 2008. <laughs> yeah, they did. The Eagles, 2008? The Eagles. Oh, yeah, right, let's start that over. I like where you're going, but I think you got your ears Cut out his entire second wide yeah. receiver. Because uh, <laughs> Calvin Johnson, in his career, averaged uh, this per year, 81, 1,200, which 1,291, so almost 1,300, and nine. Oh, I'm an idiot. Um, it is and he's four. third all-time in, in yards per game. I mean, at, at okay, 86 yards yeah. per game. So, I mean, so that's just behind you know Julio Jones and OBJ. You know, two of the best guys of the NFL right now. Should he repeat that? Because he just talked what he was talking about that and that Calvin Johnson stats getting put in there. The stats again. This is per year, you know, average. He averaged 81, 1,291, and 9. And he's also thirds in yards per game all time, which is above, you know, everybody that's been listed so far uh, across anybody's list. Can I get some labels of that? You just put out some numbers. I'm trying to... Oh, I'm sorry. You don't know the proper format. <laughs> um, I mean, our podcast listeners. I'm, I'm thinking of them, my it's friend. 81 <laughs> yards, 1,200 receptions, and... Whoa! That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like to me a solid anyway, uh, two yards <laughs> per reception. Eighty-one catches a year, uh, twelve hundred ninety-one yards a year, and uh, nine touchdowns uh, a like, year. That's Something ridiculous numbers. It's incredible. Yes, Garwin. Uh, now my facts are right. All right. Don McNabb, two thousand three, had sixteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions. The next year, Terrell Owens come in, jumped up to thirty-one touchdowns. Jumps down to eight interceptions. He makes his quarterback better. He's top three in all stats. That's receptions, he's second. Receiving yards, he's second. Touchdowns, 153, he's third. Nice. Go ahead and check them out. Mm. He has the it factor. He has the swag. Because yes. you can be a boring player. Marvin Harrison, he's pretty good. Boring player. No one's going to be like, oh, Killed a man also. let me give Marvin Harrison. Reggie, let me get Reggie Wayne. Reggie Who? Wayne? No thanks. Like, give me tea, Give um, me some swag. Yes. Give me some spikes on the star. Mm-hmm. Not only does he disrespect players on the field, he disrespects the whole damn team. Yes, my king. Yeah, and and he disrespects his own quarterback after That's he, right. he publicly he publicly went into the locker room and wanted Jeff Garcia to be traded or fired Good. and wanted him benched. No lies. He is a cancer in the locker room. You say he has a swag factor? He doesn't have the swag factor. He has, he has that cancer factor that he infects and, and hurts every team that he plays for. Well, well, hurts every team, but the team is making the Super Bowl with him. Oh. If you're talking about it you One know, year. Uh, against his quarterback, I watch this man cry on, on national TV talking about that's my quarterback. You know, he's, he's, always, he's for his guy, you know. If he knows your quarterback's good, he's, he's for him. He's, he's for him. That was a show. Tio's an emotional guy, and I like that about him. 
He wants to, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And he wants you to know if he fucking hates you or if he fucking loves you. He'll ride or die. Um, but also, I don't give a shit if he's a cancer in the locker room. He's an incredible fucking player. That's and, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I, I, don't get, ca- I don't care if he, on the field, he was unstoppable. So, like... Yeah, I, last I checked, this isn't top three uh, most likable receivers in yeah. history. This is the top <laughs> three receivers in history. And Terrell Owens may have been an ass to, some, to Jeff Garcia, but... <laughs> Let's be honest. Who was he? Probably had it coming. Let's not forget that Terrell Owens also played with Steve Young. Um, he played with Tony Romo. Those are two very good quarterbacks. Oh. Um, oh. Let's leave Barry out. <laughs> right. uh, Hall of Fame. I mean, you, you, okay, Steve, Steve Young, Young is a Hall of Fame quarterback. So help me out. Is yeah. he? Is he not? Yes or no? We're not talking about oh, that. He is a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's not. That was two the years. One. He had a Hall of Fame quarterback during the football. And he, oh, two years. Two years. Two in a what? Fifteen-year career or something. Point. <laughs> Two years. What other quarterbacks did uh, T.O. play with? We have Donovan. He played with so many. T.O. He played with, um, had Jeff Garcia. He had um, Tony Romo. Steve Young. Carson Palmer. Oh, my God, really? Trent Edwards. And a old, old, you know, the love of our lives, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. fear the beard. Holy shit. And That's another awesome. thing. How come? Hold on a second. How many Hall of Famers in that bunch? Uh, let's see. From what Steve I have listed Young. here, I got McNabb, Steve. Uh, not. not <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Let's call it out. We'll edit that one out. Um, we got we got Steve Young, and okay. you know we got some guys that you know they they won't make it, but you know they can make their case. They were Phil Rivers, Tony Romo. Oh. You know. Okay, I mean Tony Romo is on the edge. McNabb might be on the edge. Carson Palmer, best Bengals quarterback of all time, you know. (laughs) A hell of a title, but but my point being that, like, he hasn't played with good receivers his entire career. He played with a good good quarterback. He hasn't played with a good quarterback his entire career. We played with Steve Young for two years and Tony Romo, who's on and off the field for however many years. I don't know. McNabb has one season over 30 touchdowns. This man is not Hall of Fame. I'm with you. And that's that. coming from the Philadelphia Eagles stand. I am with you. Like, on that. There's no way in hell this man sniffs the steps of the Hall of Fame. Like, the Hall of Fame's in Canton. This dude doesn't come even in Ohio. Like, he's chilling in Pittsburgh. That's as close he, as he gets to Canton. He's across the Mississippi, honestly. He's not even on the same side of the, the river. Damn country. Also, I think we should not forget about T.O. playing in the Super Bowl with a broken leg and putting oh, up, like, 130 yards. Actually, I got those stats right oh, here. Oh, thank you, Tyler. Let me see here. Uh, he had nine catches and 122 yards in the, in the Super Bowl with a broken leg. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That's, like, Never maybe the best before. individual performance I've ever heard of from a wide receiver. Uh, but let's let, let's talk about his, his, his other game because, you know, you want to talk about the broken leg Super Bowl, you know. And, and, and that's great. It is. But let's talk about the catch, too. Does anyone did anyone watch that game? The catch, the catch two or whatever. I don't think we're all two uh, years old. Then. We talk about the, the catch, the catch two when Terrell Owens caught the ball. And he got smacked. You know, he got smacked. Yeah. He held on. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he jogs off the field. He's crying. Oh my god. Well, the reason that you know we, we all remember that play, but we don't remember all the drops before that. He dropped every single pass that was thrown his way in that game, and the only reason that it was such an important play was because he finally caught the ball. And, 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 and I just want to just read the stat here. Uh, Trell Owens led the league in drops. He was top four for seven years. He had a 15-year career. So that means that for half of it, he was dropping the football in the top four at least. See, the most successful people 
in the world have always said they to get to their success they had to endure all these failures. And what does T.O. does? Endure all these failures. And when it matters most, which everyone talks about, oh, you know, MJ's clutch, oh, this guy's clutch, Sean Bray's clutch. T.O., they needed a catch. He comes in clutch, he gives them a catch. Did there he not? Did he not? How many playoff oh. games did how many how many clutch catches did he make for the Dallas Cowboys to win them playoff games? Yeah, Hans a resident uh Cowboy Hans fan. a resident cowboy fan, Hans a resident Tony Romo fan. And Han knows that Tony Romo is about, you know, 23, 24, 25 years old, very young, very immature. Could not play with a guy like that yet. Couldn't play. He just couldn't play yet. You guys are going to sit here and tell me Tony Romo is a good quarterback, competent quarterback, you know, all this stuff. When this dude could not even catch a snap Ooh. and hold a ball for oh a gosh. field goal. And you're saying he's going to be tossing a rock to my dude, T.O.? <laughs> like, come okay. on. That's disrespectful. And he stood up for this clown. He stood up for this clown. Shout out to Terrell Owens. Mm. Shout out to Tony Romo. Shout out to Tony Romo. No, Terrell Owens, five-time All-Pro. I guess we forgot about that. Forgot to mention that. Five-time All-Pro, that's also true. But I think the point on the drops, first of all, I want to, like, can you verify that he dropped every pass in that game before that catch? Cause I, I, yeah, I can. I, I actually, unlike some of you bums and clowns, I blew up my college work to watch these games. Okay. I, I watched him play, and while I have the, the mic here, I'm going to say that, you know, defensive coordinators did not fear Terrell Owens like they did Randy Moss. Well, okay. they, they, that, that's a fact, okay? So if you're going to put him above Randy Moss, understand he did not. They, 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 they you know, okay, that's Terrell Owens. Uh, it is what it is. But when they played a guy like Randy Moss, someone that had almost the same time span, they feared him. He didn't, he didn't even fundamentally change the game like Randy Moss. Randy Moss fundamentally changed the way that the deep ball is thrown in the National Football League. And so to put Terrell Owens above Randy Moss, in my mind, is just it is laughable. I think that's the best point that you've made about this argument so far. Um, is that, I guess, I mean, like, you know, comparing any receiver to Randy Moss is kind of a, you know, stacked argument to make, I guess, because, like, who might have disagreed with that? Um, but going back to what else I was going to say, was that the thing about the drops, like, what, like, what drops are we, like, are we seeing, like, bad passes from bad quarterbacks that from that list that Han read earlier of, you heard it. of bad quarterbacks. You heard it. Are we seeing it? Or are we seeing Terrell Owens with Butterfingers? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to go back and watch every single pass thrown Terrell Owens' Dro- way drop, in his career. Drops are recorded as catchable balls that are dropped. You know, there's a difference between incompletions. He wasn't on – his quarterbacks didn't have the fourth and incompletions. He had the top four most drops through seven seasons. That means the ball was catchable. He could have made a play. It might not have been an easy play, but he could have made a play, but he, he dropped the ball, and that's what that's what that stat is. So. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, but even then, he had, what, the fourth most drops in the league for seven seasons? And I he's guess? still and second he's, all time yeah. in the yard. Imagine, was, imagine if he did, like, if he got even half of those drops, then he would be if, the greatest of all time if, statistically. If? Well, I mean, you know. If Tim Brown got drafted by the team across that Bay Bridge, you know, maybe he's, you know, statistically a lot better. I don't know. Uh, if we're talking ifs here, um, I would bring up a nice if, if statement here. Um, 2005, in T.O.'s last season with the Eagles, he played seven games. No reason why he didn't play any of them. We won't talk about that. He was on pace for 107 catches, 1,700 yards, and uh, 13 touchdowns oh, in, shit, in, his, in you know, 2005. You know, that goes along with being uh, – 
the only player in history of the NFL to lead five different teams in receiving. Oh, wow. Wow. Why didn't he play the rest of those games? I don't know. I don't I, 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 I don't know. Actually, uh, he got suspended a few games, and then he decided that he said that uh, I'm not going to play the rest of these games. For this team. <laughs> that's, that's, actually, awesome. that's actually what he said. So. That's fantastic, um, actually. So you're saying that this guy yes. picked and chose and learned to play? That, uh, you know, I'm not coming out to play football. I, I, I'm sorry. That's, that's what I heard when you said that. He said, I'm not playing. I mean... Here's gonna be something like that you gotta learn in life there, Cassidy. It's no, not all guy. about, you know, good guys and rainbows. Sometimes you gotta be a bad guy and TO is very good at being a bad guy. Sure shit. Everyone That's needs true. a scapegoat. TO is right there. Yep. Yeah, I would say he's very easy to blame because, you know, when you lead the league top four you know, uh, in drops, that that would be a very good scapegoat. Because, you know, you could just say, hey, if Terrell Owens actually caught the football, we threw to him. Oh, yeah. You know, that Jeff Garcia finally, because apparently it's so awful, he finally got it to him, and he just, just drops it. I mean, that just, I don't know. I, I just, to say he's second best all time, it's just. I don't know, Terrell Owens' second most receptions all time still. So. Right. I mean, well, Randy Moss only has one stat above him, and that's three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And, and the, I'm pretty sure a few of those were, you know, rushing. If you look at his total touchdowns. Uh, oh. I feel there's a rushing touchdown. Maybe. Right, Randy Moss head over. Mark Garland, hit us with your third. You don't have a third? All right. We're going to hit a homer here. Oh, boy. This is all this the be a homer. <laughs> Wasn't Owens the homer? That's right. No, I thought he was the, the person that no. should not be in top three that, you know. Statistically evil. speaking, it's really hard to debunk, right. T.O. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought I just did. I mean, drop the football. No, you didn't bring any stat aside from him dropping the football, and he still got the fucking work yeah, done. He still put it in and is top three in all these stats. And yet. Despite. And yet. Yeah, you know, you, and, you, and yet, and yet, he dropped these balls, and yet, he did it. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. He all did right. it. All, all, and yet, whoa, the raise your hand. All right, there, there's a protocol here in the podcast room, my friend. All right. still talking. All right. All right. All right. You know I got my time taken. Let me claim my time, moderator. Oh, listen, no. listen, you guys just completely blew up my argument that Terrell Owens was a cancer in that locker room. We hey, don't care about that. Yeah, we don't care. I, my, you can't just ignore my, that. My statement, my statement was statistically it's hard to debunk T.O. The only statistic you got is drops, and I'm saying at the end of the day, he still had the stats. At the end of the day. At the end of the day, still it was the statistically insignificant. What, what are we doing? Are we doing the greatest wide receiver all time, or are we doing you know the greatest role model all time? Because T.O.'s the greatest wide receiver, we don't care about role models. I'm talking here. about a guy that I would want on my football team. Well, I, would, I would want a guy that's actively, we could act, go in my locker room right. and actively what? knock down the players that I am trying to build up. I have often heard that, you know, Big Ben, you know, they drafted his replacement, and he said, why the hell are we doing this? I want to win now. But, good guy? A good guy, and he doesn't want his franchise to be decent after he's gone. What, why are we doing what about this? I'm, I'm talking about Terrell Owens here. That's why I, I'm, see, I'm, see, I thought we were talking about Terrell Owens. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's keep it focused on receivers. Is that not cancerous in the locker room? I'm not talking fair. about Ben Roethlisberger. I'm talking about your. Apparently, he's he's the second best all time, and 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 yet, yet you know you just you don't you can't answer my my claim that he's cancer. You just say, oh, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? But yeah, he's a cancer. Well, who cares? He has the stats. That's <laughs> all that matters. I no, I get what Garland is saying. Let me articulate this a little bit. It's like why is Ben Roethlisberger's supposed locker room cancer more acceptable than Terrell Owens? Because you've never seen. Ben Roethlisberger go in and campaign. For one, a quarterback position is, is more vocal and it has a leadership position. But but you've never seen someone go in there and say, hey, I don't want this guy to have a job anymore. 
and and you can do this with Terrell, the Terrell that's acting. But but I again, I don't know why we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger. I thought we're talking about apparently the second best ever Terrell. Let me finish my thought. We're talking about Ben Roethlisberger because he's somebody that you've claimed as one of the greatest of, at his position. Terrell Owens, who we're claiming as one of the greatest, suddenly cancer matters for one and not the other. Go ahead, Garwin. I have often heard from your mouth that <laughs> Big Ben did not want Todd Haley. Oh. And Todd Haley got fired. What? All I'm what? Is that Ben Roethlisberger is getting people fired, getting division in that locker room. Up, hold up. Cancer to locker room? This dude, you know, hops on his Harley, his little motorcycle, without a helmet. You know, this dude's a franchise quarterback, and he's childish like that? He's going to risk his career? Kill his team? You know, that's cancerous to the locker room, is it not? Ben Roethlisberger also accused for sexual assault. We should bring up... I like that. Can't ignore that. Yeah. When it comes to poor behavior. You have turned your your bad attempt to take... This guy's not even... Terrell Owens, he should have waited. I'm just going to say it. He should have waited, and you are trying to defend your argument by taking down Ben Roethlisberger, and that is what it is. I don't really... I, I don't care. I thought I came in this room thinking we're talking about the top three wide receivers. All I know is that isn't all cancer bad? That's what you just said. So it's, Terrell yeah, Owens, to, to put him in your top three, would you want a team of Terrell Owens? Would you want a team of guys yes. that, for one, apparently dropped football this much, but also, <laughs> uh, that, would you want a team of Terrell Owens that just, I don't know, they, they just, they're selfish. They're selfish. Of course I would want a team with Terrell Owens. Yeah. Are you shitting me? Like, what? <laughs> you, if yes, you had a team of, of Terrell Owens, if you had right. a team of Terrell Owens, we'd have a tomb. Then I'm going to throw him for 8,000 oh, yards. Right. We have a team full of top three in every category. <laughs> so what is that going to equal? Yeah, like, that's that going to equal Super no, Bowl. No, that, that locker room could not exist because it would be the most egotistical, self-centered team. That doesn't and, matter. And We're not building teams here. We're talking about good receivers. Yeah. Okay, so but I'm just I'm just saying that this guy, he, he was so egotistical and self-centered, and he took away from, from he could take away from the team a lot uh, and, and hurt the chemistry of the team. I, I, I Again, for me, this guy being in, in top three is just it's laughable. I all right. I mean, he took away from the team, and then he took them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. All right. He, he went from uh, nine to one point two, and that I don't know. All I right. Think Andy Reid took to the Super Bowl. I right. think let's hear from Garland's number three. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's move on to Garland's number three. That was, that, was a, that was our big T.O. debate. We're probably gonna see more T.O. Why does someone else? Somebody else T.O. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna show up, but. All right, Garland. Who you got for your number three? Yeah, All-time best receiver. Since we like role models in this room, you know, we like the good <laughs> guys. Marvin Harrison. My number three <laughs> started his career in Philly with a drug addiction. Ooh. He fought through this drug addiction. He's known for one of the best hands in NFL history, my boy, Christopher Carter. Hell yeah, dude. Like it. Uh, I love, love, love the Chris intro. Carter. I love, love Chris Carter. Love, love him. He's a good story. He's a good wide receiver. You know, known for best hands. He was what early two thousands? Nope, he was nineties. Nineties, late eighties. That's not even the passing league. Mm, that's true. Uh, it's often been said that he's the best receiver of the nineties. Damn, he's got the best hands in that. the nineties. That's for fact. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Didn't I'm, need to stick him either. <laughs> don't don't fact check like, that. I don't know. About that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say, um, I love that. I love that you put Chris Carter above Randy Moss because. When you watch those games, that. when you watch Chris Carter, he's the best wide receiver on that team. When Randy Moss plays, I mean, I, when well, when, right. when that quarterback, I, I'm uh, you know I watch the games, so I'm out. 
But when when he needed when he needed a play, it was just like he he, he was like, "Where's Chris Carter?" And when you watch what what because I know our listeners might be thinking, "Oh my gosh, how could how could Anthony put Chris Carter above Randy Moss?" When when Randy Moss got covered by Deion Sanders that Monday Night Football game, I didn't see too much. I, I I'm not too sure if he knew who he was standing across from. But Chris Carter not only caught the football, Chris Carter would catch the football and run into Deion Sanders to let him know, hey, I'm here. And also, this is just a side fact, in that Monday Night Football game, the, they, the Vikings shot off the cannons in the middle of a goal line play. Awesome. Well, while the pass was being thrown, <laughs> Chris Carter great. still catches it, gets nailed by a linebacker, but of course he has the best hands maybe ever, holds on to it, and gets a Viking touchdown. It was, it was an amazing football play. I love this pick. Um, so I'm gonna say, I don't, are you saying, first of all, are you saying that Deion Sanders does know who Chris Carter is? Yes, because <laughs> when Chris Carter caught that football, he would run, and when Deion Sanders tried to tackle him, he would put everything into him, and he got up, and he gave him a stare down. He gave him a stare down. I don't dislike Garwin's pick. Like, I'm not disputing Chris Carter. I think, I, I'm a Vikings fan. I love Chris Carter. He's an awesome story. I think he's a fantastic receiver. Probably the best receiver of the 90s, uh, off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody else. Um, but using Chris Carter to tear down Randy Moss seems uh, weird, <laughs> I guess. As if they didn't benefit from each other, and also as if Randy Moss doesn't have a game where he has three catches, 163 yards, and three touchdowns. <laughs> so I don't know what you mean by when you look for a play, Chris Carter's your guy, when Randy Moss, every time he touches the ball, he can score. Literally, he can run the length of the field and score every time he gets to the ball. Like using again, not disputing Chris Carter though, but using him to somehow talk shit on Randy Moss is weird because they are symbiotically like benefiting each other. No, I, I completely disagree with you because you sit there and you say, "Oh, he had a, a three catch or whatever it was, a hundred and what was it again?" Three catches, 163 yards, and three touchdowns. If you okay, know. so he had that game, but anyone can have one good game. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky threw for how many touchdowns six. against six? Six touchdowns. That's a lot. Sure is. Is, is he top ten? I don't think so. Um, so having one, so having one good game. That, that, that's. I'm gonna go ahead and just wipe that off. But also, it, it wasn't like symbiotic in that Chris Carter helped Randy Moss, and Randy Moss helped Chris Carter. No, no, Chris Carter tried to keep Randy Moss on that team. Um, and it, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Chris Carter tried to keep Randy Moss on that team, and Randy Moss just fell apart. He just mentally wasn't there. He couldn't do it. Chris, Chris Carter's the best Vikings wide receiver ever. I'm going to go ahead and say it. So you don't think that having the all-time leader in touchdowns across the field from you, like you don't think that changed how the defense covered you as um, his teammate? Like You don't think that changed anything? Wait, can I have like one second to look up a stat before I yeah. reply? Yeah, I'll, I'll fill in um, right now. I just remember early in the podcast, Justin saying that uh, Randy Moss fundamentally changed how defense was played. <laughs> <laughs> and there and, we have it, folks. <laughs> so if that stands true, Chris Carter obviously would benefit from that. Obviously, you're shifting. You're saying, look, we got to cover this man first. Yes. Um, so I, 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 I don't know much about Chris Carter. I don't know much about Randy Moss, honestly. I don't know anything about before 2015, boys. What's football? But... <laughs> but to, to say that, you know, Chris Carter's over Randy Moss, if you're going to make the assertion that... That um, one changed the that, game. That if Randy Moss changed it and Chris Carter wasn't the one responsible for that change, it's hard to say that then Chris Carter's the better guy there. So uh, but, look, so, so Randy Moss comes to the league in 1998. From 1993 to 1998, he's had all 1,000-yard seasons. Chris Carter? Chris Carter has. So right. it's not like, 
oh my gosh, he just opened it up for Chris Carter. No, no, Chris Carter, he was just like, okay, that's just another side piece over here. But Chris Carter's still the guy. That's also what I've been saying, is that Chris Carter is a fantastic receiver. Like, Randy Moss did not make Chris Carter good. Chris Carter was great, but Randy Moss helped him get better. Or did... Or did, both. Did, uh, both. Other way around. The, the, also, did Randy Moss benefit? They both made each other better. Did, yeah, I was going to say, did Randy Moss get all those stats his rookie year? Because the, the defenses were more concerned with, you know, again, I really love Brown's third greatest all-time. Chris Carter sitting on one side. So you say, hey, you know, that rookie kid, 84, let's just go ahead one-on-one and let's focus on the, this, this awesome Chris Carter. That's so, possible, but possible. I don't think he would be the all-time leader in touchdowns unless after his rookie year, like, he was also just fantastic on his own. I have a question. Uh, just This is not like a gotcha question. This is a legitimate question. How many years did Randy Moss play with Chris Carter? Because Randy Moss bounced around a lot. I'm, I couldn't tell. Um, he was a Viking three. until 2004. Yeah, yeah. Carter three, was? Three or four. 98 to 2002. So they had three seasons together. Okay. So how do those seasons stack? I mean, like, I know that Randy Moss put uh, 2007 that. had the, you know, one of the best seasons I ever. I mean, his rookie yeah. season also probably the best rookie season of all time. Yeah, So sure. Randy Moss had a, a one, or when Randy Moss came in in 1998, Chris Carter had 1,011 yards, 1,241 yards, 1,274 yards, and then he really kind of goes to the end of his career, 871, and then 66. Right. 66 yards, he only played five games. So um, you can kind of tell. Obviously, he, he's also getting he's aging at that point. And well, you look at a lot of a lot of great wide receivers have a year of kind of okay, and then a year of yeah, you, you didn't finish the season. Yeah, um, no, but Chris Carter was obviously relevant before Randy, right? So like, yes. what, what, can you read me like one or two yeah, of those? Yeah, sure. Numbers? So uh, 1993, uh, well, 90, 1991, uh, he he had a 962 yard uh, season. Then the next one was 681. He only played 12 games. Uh, and then he hits 1,071, 1,256, 1,371, 1,163, 1,069. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, of course, oh. 1998, Randy Moss comes in. Yeah. So, when when he comes in, he, he does 1,011, okay. 1,241, 1,274. So, okay. I think it's fair to assert there that it appears statistically that. Chris Carter has the best period of his career with Randy Moss. Sure. I would, like, uh, he, he puts up three straight years of 1,000 yards. Uh, actually, are they all over 1,100? I, or I think they were all very close to 1,100 yards. Um, I, that's, uh, I know he went up and down a little bit, but... Honestly, up and I'd down. say it's fair to say that during the three or four years they were together, the best wide receiver duo of all time. Probably. Easily. I would agree. Um, but maybe Lynn Swan, John Solwer. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think inversely, Randy Moss enjoyed the better part of his career with Chris Carter. Also, um, he posts thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred, fourteen hundred, and then he goes to twelve hundred, and then the rest of his season he gets a sixteen hundred yard year, two thousand three, and a fourteen hundred yard year in two thousand seven. But other than that, how many touchdowns did he have? Yeah, look at the touchdowns for two thousand seven. Yeah, but he also has Tom Brady. I, I like that point. <laughs> but. but <laughs> At least yardage wise, you know, he, uh, touchdowns when he was with Chris Carter, 17, 11, 15, and 10, and I, it was 2001 yeah. or 2002 that he stepped up with Carter. That's kind of what I. Um, so, uh, Carter retired in 02. Okay. And he had seven, I guess, in 02 with Carter. Um, again. When we would have played in 02, I guess. But I get, like, I, from a consistency point, I mean, and it appears Randy Moss's most consistent and uh, maybe best 
group of games was with Chris Carter, so they mutually benefited from each other. That's kind of what I'm uh, saying. Asserting one over the other is pretty hard. Statistically, you, obviously, Randy Moss has the other hand, but you, you might have to go back and actually watch game film to discern you know, who is the better guy. I did. I think uh, it's and, and I, I mean, I'm just being serious. I watched, I watched them play together, and I just felt like on the third down plays, when that quarterback, I don't even, the guy was a bum, you know, it, but... Dante the, the, Culpepper? No, it wasn't Dante Culpepper. It was, it was Monday Night Football. It was, I, I wanted to watch what these guys did against Deion Sanders. Oh, was it he was like seven? I, that was I, it was Okay. Whatever Cunningham was. Gus I'm not sure. I have no idea. I just know he's playing Deion Sanders for Monday Night Football, and John Madden, I think, was announcing it. But I just, I felt like with third down, when that guy wanted someone, it wasn't going to Mom's. It was going to Chris Carter. I don't like how you guys, you know, attacked him when he said the quarterback was a bum. You're like, Dante Culpepper? Dante <laughs> Culpepper was I, a bum. Okay, hold on. Dante Culpepper was having an MVP-type season <laughs> he before was. he blew the fuck out of his knee. Like, come on. He, was, he, was that with Carter and... and uh, no, that Moss? was that was only Moss, actually. Only Moss. Only Randy Moss was on the team. Yes. Dante Culpepper is a bum. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Okay. yeah, yes. I will not defend Dante Culpepper. All right. So that's, a, that's a good third take. Uh, yeah, that's I, don't, I don't think anybody disagreed with that. We just no, kind of like, talked around how. Yeah, how we just talked about you know should should he actually blow over Moss and you know that's a that's a that's a tough question to ask. All right, who wants to go next? Let's I'll take next. I'll take next. I'll start from the you know the, the proper way to do it you, to do a three two one you know. Oh. I'll go with my number three. I like that. Um, go it up this guy. You know. This is going to be the most underrated player. Happy probably don't even know who it is. Um, this is one of the guys that you know nobody you guys have said you know can really uh, talk up to. He's got a Super Bowl ring. I don't know. Um, Question: Is it Michael Irvin? It is not. Okay, <laughs> it will oh, good. never be a Cowboys receiver. There's, there's <laughs> no there's no other good Cowboys receiver sort of you know to. Uh, anyway, this guy, Isaac Bruce, oh, uh, number three. Interesting. This guy. Interesting. This guy with the Rams. He Two won a Super names. Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. Most underrated wide receiver of all time. He's got the stats to do it. Uh, he, he played just as many games as uh, these other guys, as uh, Chris Carter. He actually played one less game. Got a couple less catches. Got 2,000 more yards. I mean, yeah, he's, he's... You're lucky we're not saying a list of the most underrated wide receivers. Cassandra Johnson. Oh, man. Uh, Isaac, Bruce, Isaac Bruce is Boy, twice the receiver that uh, Andre Johnson is. He's got a super boring yeah. improvement. I think Isaac Bruce should be in the Hall of Fame by now. He is. Is he um, not? He's not. He is not in the Hall of Fame, that's which is neither, a shame. That's nonsense. To hear. Neither him nor Tory Holt are Holy in the Hall of Fame. Dude. They've been um, waiting. <laughs> oh, I like. Uh, thank you for bringing up Tory Holt because uh, did he not play for one in one of the best offenses we've ever seen? He had Marshall Falk, I believe. Is he a good running back? Kurt Warner. I, Kurt Warner, who like yeah, he's he's a severely underrated quarterback. So Orlando, you know, there, there's a certain bum. Uh, he lives underneath the Bay Bridge. Um, I believe he's just a he's just a guy. He's just a goblin. He's a troll <laughs> he's a goblin troll living that, under a bridge. Yeah, he sometimes a I, disgusting I don't know. creature. Pay the yeah. toll. Pay the toll. Pay the toll. <laughs> pay the toll. I'm cutting all this out. Yeah, I'm here to say that Kurt Warner is overrated in every sense. Of, in every sense all right. Of the well, word. okay, we're not talking about Kurt Warner. But, uh, I'm just <laughs> saying. Just into that. bringing that up, and I'm just gonna say yeah, it. that's no, a fact. But uh, I, I would just say Isaac Bruce. I could say is just as much of a system guy. This guy. And for, for also, I don't even know, is Isaac Bruce the best wide receiver on, on that team? I mean, you know, I don't know, Torrey Holt stats. I mean, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Uh, Torrey Holt didn't win that Super Bowl, I don't believe. I don't think he was part so of that one, team. So one play now makes – I mean, hey, this – okay, this, bringing up one play, you know, because 
Isaac Bruce in the Super Bowl. You know, he just goes, you know, um, he, go, he goes six six catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Holy in the Super shit. Bowl, biggest game of the year. Biggest game of his Jeez, life. It's pretty it's, good. It's fourth quarter, less than two minutes. You got a two-minute drive here. You got a minute and 40 seconds left. Guess what this man does? Takes a 73-yard touchdown. Holy 73-yard touchdown. Breaks two tackles. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna say this. This is a total sidebar, but I fucking love it whenever receivers absolutely ball the hell out in the Super Bowl. That's my favorite thing in the whole world. Jake, can you please remember that when I do my list? Thank you. All right, um, <laughs> we'll do. I'm just gonna say that uh, this guy, 1,700 yards one season. He had uh, eight eight seasons over a thousand, which is which is uh, more than Calvin Johnson. It's more. It's uh, one less than T.O., but okay. Uh, same amount as Chris Carter. So I mean, he's, just, he's doing the same thing. Mm. Uh, this dude. One of the things I look at, how many, how many games you played, you know, nine seasons over 16 games, or not over, you know, you played 16 games. <laughs> well, probably but, over. But, uh, yeah, I'm just saying, Isaac Bruce is, is the number three all time. I can't. It's underrated ever. So I'm not really in the position to dispute that because, like, I'm just going to put out there that I'm not super familiar with, like, the greatest show on turf offenses. I know they were great and record-breaking, but, like, you know, Isaac Bruce – is pretty good in my mind. So, like, I'm not going to dispute him. But, but also, like, I'm not super familiar with how good he well, he or that offense was. Me neither. If I will say that what Hanna just said, sounds good as hell. Yeah. So, like, sounds I, pretty good. I'm not going to call him out on this. Um, I'm just kind of giving some context to stats. He has got eight seasons over 1,000 yards, but he played. He had a 14-year career. He did. Um, three. Now, if you, if you were to really cut off the end of his career... That's eight seasons and 11 years. He was, as we said, receivers die off towards the end of their career, and he hits 1,000 yards. Okay, so let's see. He hits 1,300 yards. He gets hurt, comes back, puts full season, hits 1,000 yards, and then he's got three years of 700, 800, and 200, and he's, he's on his way out. Sure. Um, you know, that's like, so I guess the relevant part of his career, he was 8 for 11, but with the stats, he's 8 for 14 at the, over 1,000 yards, and only twice in his career did he eclipse 10 touchdowns. Hmm. That's a just. I mean, that's he's just not the scoring type of guy. Sure. I'm uh, also he has no no all pros, so Ooh, uh, that's that's, that. that's exactly why he's the most underrated wide receiver of all time. On top of that, to sure. add to that, four Pro Bowls. So uh, only four. But uh, fans, I personally I don't look at Pro Bowls for anything. Um, I do like that. You know, this in this case I'll, I'll look at him because he didn't get the all pros, but people there was you know fans recognized that he was you know one of the best. That's right. um, I, I will say that, you know, since we just talked about Chris Carter and a little bit about Randy Moss, um, they actually had a playoff game in 99 against each other. This is the Super Bowl year that they won. He outplayed them both. I played both of them in that playoff game. He had 133 yards and a touchdown. All right. All right. Um, let's, move, let's move on to your number two. All right. Number two. Oh, we just talked about him a little bit. It's Randy Moss. All right. Um, All right. He's, uh, but he's definitely, he's definitely not the he's number one. Um, um, but, you know, I, I don't think you can ignore Randy Moss being uh, coming right out of the womb, putting up um, 69 catches, 1,300 yards, and uh, 17 touchdowns. That's more games. That's more touchdowns than you play, you know, games in that year. 69 catches. Nice. 1,300 yards. In his first season. Holy shit. Dude. We average that year. Can we average that out? Yeah, let me do that now. He was the rookie of the year. He was an all-pro. God, I hope so. We're all doing math right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know that this is a recorded stat. You don't have to, like, 18, divide that 18. out. 18.8 <laughs> yards a catch. That's wild, in his rookie dude. year. It's actually 19, according to ESPN Pro Football Focus. 18.8 rounds. I'm just telling you, he had 69 catches for 1,313 we'll yards. It was 13-13. We'll edit so, this out. So, 19, right. 19 okay. yards per reception, which that actually 
Do, do they does ESPN or not ESPN? Sorry, does Pro Football Focus like bold every stat that led the league? Because they that's not bolded, it. and so like I want to know who was like above that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. like one guy with four receptions for a hundred yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. So we're all looking at me right now because I'm stanced up because I've been ready and waiting. I wait. I wanted Han to say Randy Moss because I, I just want to come out with this. First off, yes, watching him play when he wanted to play, man, he he was he was amazing. Oh God, I know it's coming. He he wanted when he wanted to play, he, he really had to revolutionize uh, the deep pass in the NFL. But you can't ignore what Randy Moss said, "I play when I want to," and, and boy, you did can't he. ignore, you cannot ignore that. That I'll 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 do a simple test. Talk to so. Talk to his former employers and see what they would say. The Vikings, okay. Here's, here's what happened. Here's what happened the before. Wilkes. So let, let, let's go ahead and call it Minnesota. Um, he has domestic abuse. All right, oh, I hate oh. to say it. Whoa. I didn't know he, that. Yeah, I, I he, he had it. Would, it popped up. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys didn't do your research. I of course did. Um, he, it kind of popped up. He hit a cop with his car. Oh, that's right. cool. Well, yeah. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> well, Mike did that too. I am pretty that. sure that might push him to one. He's got that up. He's got that He's had. He's been hit with with weed possession. Awesome. Uh, cool. Nothing wrong with that. That's legal. Now. He has gotten on on a bus filled with corporate sponsors and and just went on a a raid and just just talked trash and did a lot of vulgar things there. Good. And then. There was a dinner that, that was that was hosted at the Minnesota Vikings training camp, and, and it was the food was provided by this restaurant here, and it was I, I, I can't remember if it was free, but it was it was the, the Vikings and them had a very the Vikings and them had a very close relationship, and he he says very loudly in front of the entire team, I would not feed this to my dog, and the Vikings said, yeah, you know what, that's it, we're done. All that talent that he had, they said, yeah, we're, we would rather trade you. Man's got t- we would man's rather, got taste. We would rather trade you to the Oakland Raiders. So let, let's go ahead and call up Oakland, call up Al Davis. We talked to Al Davis. He didn't even want to play. I mean, statistically, physically, just looking at him on the Neither field. Neither would I. He, he just didn't want to play. Al Davis loved him. He could not wait to have him. And then, uh, by the end, he couldn't wait to get rid of him. So then, so then he goes to New England. Tom Brady, you know, as he does with any wide receiver that he's given, makes him look extremely good. And then, you know... He, 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 you know, and for a little while you think, oh, okay, Bill Belichick has fixed Randy Moss, and then all of a sudden, kind of a couple of, a couple of years go by, he doesn't win a Super Bowl at all, um, and I'm not sure what his Super Bowl stats are, but it was again, it was not enough to win a Super Bowl. But he get, he, he doesn't win a Super Bowl, and then the old Randy shows up, and the old Randy, you know, I remember there was one play he didn't even run it. It was Brady kind of overthrew it. He, he didn't even overthrow it. Probably Brady outran. Tom Randy Brady doesn't throw a doesn't throw a bad ball, but. Uh, he had a pass interference, and rather than going and catching the touchdown, he just took the pass interference. But the old Randy yes, showed so up. I. The old Randy showed up. He started to, to run his mouth at, at the the the, uh, the the conference or the uh, the press conferences. And Bill Belichick just said, "You know what? You're not that talented, Randy. I'm going to trade you. I'm going to just get you out." So if you called up those former employers, now you're going to say undoubtedly, "Yes, the Vikings took him back." But the Vikings were a desperate football team, and they have a low self-esteem. So of course they're going to take Randy Moss back. But if you called Damn. those former employers, they didn't want him. Okay, so to me, again, you're gonna you're gonna say to me, his off the field stuff doesn't matter. I don't want cancer in my locker room. I don't want. It. All right. I, I just want to make a quick point. You said the former employers didn't want him, but the Vikings had taken him back. Whether they were low system or not, they took him back. And then he went back to New England. <laughs> and I mean, Bill's great, and Bill's not messing around. So he couldn't have been that bad if Bill was like, "We already, uh, oh, you don't want to be in Minnesota? Oh, we'll come back here for a bit." And then Bill got rid of him again. But I'm just saying, you know, they. Two of his former employers took him back. 
also, sorry, go ahead. Okay, well, so I will say I legitimately did not know about the domestic abuse thing, so that's concerning and sucks. I'll have to look into that on my own time. But this sounds just exactly the same as Terrell Owens' argument, and it, I feel like it also does not, similarly does not have any weight like the Terrell Owens' argument. Like, oh. like they're shitty in the locker room, and he says, like, shitty things about hotel food or whatever, and, like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, like, that's, like, that like, sucks, I guess. I like, don't care. But, like, also, it doesn't mean that he's a bad receiver. <laughs> also, do you think, it, what do you think is more likely, that they didn't want to take him back because they were like, oh, man, this guy was, like, kind of a asshole with us, or was it because he's, like, 35 years old and has clearly started declining in his ability to play football? Like, well, I mean, actually, Nathan misspoke because 2010, the Patriots had him, then they traded him to Minnesota, and then uh, Minnesota actually it took them four games, and then they traded to Tennessee. I, so, so yeah, I I I'm see sorry, why I'm sorry, I'm yeah. the same stuff. The way it's listed, it, exactly. it says Minnesota, then New England. Then yeah, but I so. and I I have a perfect memory, as we all know. But uh, so so so, so, England, so Bill Belichick he says he says I, I don't want you anymore. Minnesota Los Alpes team says, whoa, yeah, I love him. And, and Randy Moss comes back, get your '84 jerseys back, and back home. And then what happens? He comes and he, he can't even play under mom and dad's rules. They say, actually, four games later, poof, go to Tennessee. And then I don't even know what he does from Tennessee. I, I, I quit watching at that point. Uh, you know, Tennessee. If we're going um, to talk about, you know, he had all these problems outside of football. Yeah. yeah. But the man still played 12 seasons of 16, 16 games. That's, yeah, that means he only had two without, you know, 16 games. That means all this off-field trouble, it didn't actually affect him on the field whatsoever. And actually, when, when the best cornerback of our time, um, being 20 years old, best cornerback of our time, Darrell Rivas, went up against him. Pit he man. called him a slouch before. He called he called Randy Mox a slouch. Oof. And he went out and burned him, one-hand catch right over top of him. That was awesome. Uh, but you're also forgetting that when Randy Moss covered, or when, when Randy Moss was covered by Deion Sanders. Not his rookie year? That... I, I, you said his rookie year was the, the greatest rookie year of all time. So, I I, said so, that. so give me. I said that. Okay, so Zach said it. So, so I mean, just help me out. So, but when he got covered by Deion Sanders, it, it, it was it was like that. It was almost like I was watching that bum in San Francisco. It was like, who who was that guy out there? I don't know. Deion Sanders just clowned them. But but also you know to me it's just like, you 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 know yeah he had a, a one good catch on Jamal Reeves, but to say that oh wow that makes him the greatest of all time that, that that's a silly argument. Just to clarify for the listeners, so does Deion Sanders know who Randy Moss is? Good. Good. Uh, my, that's from watching question. that Monday Night Football, I would say he, he might be like, I don't know, there's some Viking. But leaving that game, he knew who Chris Carter was. Because Chris Carter made it a point what the fuck? That, that, that he would he would go and, and, and just yeah, pursue Sanders. But we're sure that Deion Sanders doesn't know who Randy Moss or, Probably do, or Jerry Rice is. I would, I would assume. I don't even Probably. know who that is. Who? <laughs> who are you talking about? Uh, yeah, we'll have to cut that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> cut that shit. Give us your right. top numero uno. Can numero I take a guess? Uno. Can I take no, a guess? No, you cannot. I have a proposal. We may be able to cut this out. We'll see. But I have a proposal. For your number one, uh, I I would like if you did the old... Uh, don't, I, won't, I don't want you to say anything. I don't, I don't care. Just, I mean, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's worse than what I say. I, I, I'd like it to be a surprise. I don't know if you guys you might know it. I don't know. I just don't want it to be... Uh, I can't squeak. 
I've been do you, talking do you, too you much. Have an idea? Who no, no. I was saying you should. What if, what if you drop some old like word hints? You know, like. I I would enjoy. You don't have to. I'm just proposing. You don't have to. You know, rip my balls off when I'm just trying to make a proposal. But. I prefer you say nothing, Nathan. I don't know. I don't know if I could do one for this guy. It's kind of hard. I can't squeak anymore. Make sure you say shut up again, that's a good thing. My throat is like tired. So uh, my number one, um, I'll try to I'll try to play a little word game. Let's see if you can guess it. Um, this guy, he he played with a ton of quarterbacks in his lifetime. Um, he um, um, he's often been said to uh, cover a field like a woolly mammoth used to stay. You know, back in the prehistoric days, he had that kind of range. Why? Uh, this guy, he um, what does that he's, mean? Uh, he's he's a flyer. He's uh, he's he's flying. He's flying high he's all the time. Philly. Um, he's he's never not been flying high, honestly. Um, he's, uh, Josh Gordon. Absolutely not. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Hey, you call him Larry Bird. He's, Larry the, best, he's the best Larry Bird of all time, actually. He's Larry Fitzgerald. Is the it Wow. He's Larry Fitzgerald, the Cardinal, is the best wide receiver of all time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell, tell you this list of QBs this man's Hit played man. with, and I'm going to tell you there's not a single good one. Okay, I you got agree. Kurt Warner. Okay, okay, whatever. Well, um, <laughs> Drew, okay, Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert, Carson Palmer, oh, you know, after the Bengals, Ryan Lindley, Matt Leinart. Derek Anderson, Brian Hoyer, Kevin Cobb, who? Josh Rosen, Sam Bradford, and, uh, and uh, you know, you, you going to ignore this guy? You know, he's never put him as number one. Uh, he is a uh, one-time All-Pro. He is the most clutch wide receiver of all time. He's the best playoff wide receiver of all time. Ooh. Um, I don't want to hear no oohs and ahs, because I mean, <laughs> the ahs are okay, the oohs I don't know about. But uh, this, I just want you to listen to something here quick about uh, this man. So in the postseason that he went to the Super Bowl, it was four games. He put up 30 catches, 546 yards, and seven touchdowns. No, yeah, that's, yes. It's incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, they, granted, they did lose that Super Bowl. It's probably because they didn't have a good quarterback. I don't know. Um, but, uh, or their defense. Uh, the defense was not good. Yeah, so. And then uh, I'm also going to say that another part, you know, he's the best, most clutch. I watched him play in 2015 against Green Bay. You know, he is in his 30s now, late 30s. I know. And uh, this man oh went for God. eight catches, 176 yards, and a touchdown. Holy shit, dude. He destroyed the Packers that, that, that season. I remember that. that was it sick. was incredible. I was sitting in my kitchen. I didn't even get to sit down. I just stood there and watched <laughs> this man go off against this team. That was when he had his, like, 70-yard overtime got, winning catch? Yeah. Yep. It was incredible. God damn, that was fantastic. Incredible. Larry Fisher, number one. Mm-hmm. I think he might be the best postseason receiver ever Absolutely. and the only to knock against him is he hasn't been to the postseason very often in that yeah, regard I but that. like i cannot deny that he is he hits another level mm-hmm. whenever he gets to like games that matter he is a pit man we're here in pit talking about talking the about old heritage cool. um yeah. one thing i think that you can make a really strong point of why larry might be the best of all time is he's He's actually adapted as he's aged, which is something that very, very few receivers can do. This man, you know, used to play out wide, and he was moved to the slot and continued to excel. He changed. He used to be, you know, a hot rod receiver, and then he changed to become a possession receiver as he aged. And that is something. That changing how you play football to just stay relevant, like his career in total is just like, it's, it's honestly just crazy. It's, you know, not, I don't know if anyone has been able to, like, adapt the way they play and still succeed the way Larry has. He had three straight seasons. He was 32, 33, 34 years old, 100 catches each. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's outrageous. That's ridiculous. I 
So I do not think Larry Fitzgerald even sniffs the top three. But wow. like, well, I I gave my top three. That shouldn't be a surprise. Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I love Larry Fitzgerald. I think he's an amazing receiver. So like, I'm not gonna ever really be put a lot of energy into calling you wrong. Other than saying you're wrong, but <laughs> it's a good one to be wrong about. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm gonna agree. I, it, it is hard to say a negative word about Larry Fitzgerald. He's he's, you know, a, a pit man like Pittsburgh. So, um, but it, it really is hard to say anything negative about Larry Fitzgerald. I I, I really like that I like that choice. Um, I will say he probably has my favorite. Episode of football life was probably him. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very cool. <Thank> you, <laughs> it was just cool because, like, you know, when he was in high school, he was struggling with grades and stuff, so he got shipped to military school. Oh my god, I didn't know that. So, like, you know, he's kind of rough around the edges at first, and, and everyone thinks he's a good guy now in the NFL, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, he's uh, probably the most respected man in the NFL. He actually uh, won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, yeah. which is uh, you know something not many people do. That's something that only one Terrell Owens would yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, this man, he was something else. All right. All right. So I guess we could do my list. Are we uh, doing your list? Yeah, we'll move on do to go into him or I can do a little break or what? What do you mean, like break like? I don't know if we've been talking for a while. Right, right. Yeah, let's just, let's just move into Justin. Justin, are you going to go three to one or one to three? Three to one. All right. So, Justin, let's hear your number three. All right. So, I'm going to go three. I'm just going to read you some stats first. You're right. Oh, whatever. It's fine. That would have been so many. so much right. Hey, don't worry. We're not filming the podcast over here. We're not filming it either way, bitch. Shut the fuck up. All right. Go ahead, Justin. Keep that in mind. So, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to do my top three, I'm going to do it uh, three, two, one, the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, three, two, oh. one, get it? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so I'm just going to go ahead, I'm going to wait, give you... explain that. No, I missed the joke. Three, three into one. Three, two, two, one. Help me out. Shut up. Oh okay. my gosh. <laughs> Alright, so anyway, yeah, so on. my number three, is, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read some stats here, and then we'll, we'll talk. So, this man had a 16.3 yards per reception. Good. Just just for a, a reference here, that's numbers. more, that's more than Isaac Bruce, that's more than uh, some uh, Mike Evans, AJ Green, Terrell Owens, I mean, some okay. some cool. bum that you know played in San Francisco, uh, guy named Randy Moss, heard of him? Uh, also yeah. Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, also just another name there. Uh, so those are just the guys that he's he he has more yards per reception. His name's Deshaun uh, Jackson. <laughs> no, uh, he. Has he has 188 yards per? Or I'm sorry, no, that's way too much. He has 18.8 yards uh, per reception in the playoffs. So it goes up when he goes to the playoffs, and then when he gets to the Super Bowl, it, his yards per reception climbs to 22.75 yards shit. per reception. Uh, his Super Bowl stats are this: four catches, 161 yards, and a touchdown. That's great. Seven catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Five catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. He's okay. played on a football team that has had two, on the same year, two 1,000-yard receivers. I'm talking about Lynn Swan, oh, the, greatest, oh. the greatest Steelers wide receiver ever. And, and here's, here's, here's the point, because I know you're going to say he was a different era, and, and surely it was, but... This was a guy that when the when when the light shined the brightest, 
he just made the plays, man. He he has he he was an MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I don't think anyone has has had that that honor in, in your list. Mike hasn't even won a Super Bowl. He hasn't even won a Super Bowl. He has four. Now I will I will admit he was not a starter in that that the the first one. So I mean, I'll go ahead and say that. But he has four rings to his name. Lynch won. It was just like like regular season. Not only did he do great, but when the playoffs came, he did better. When the Super Bowl came. Just, I would make the argument maybe no one was even better than him. He was that much better. All right, so I'm going to go against character for a minute, and I'm going to back up Justin here. I'm going to say that, you know, you sort of uh, preempted, I guess, an argument that, you know, is a different era. I think that goes to his advantage, almost. That, like, you're on a team with 2,000-yard receivers in the fucking 1970s. That's basically the Stone Age in football. Two, or you mean 2,000, two 1,000-yard receivers. Yeah. Rushers. Um, rushers? Yeah, he had two 1,000-yard th- oh. rushers I on his team. I think you did say receivers. Oh, I'm sorry. No, okay. he, he had two 1,000-yard rushers on his team, Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer. And Rocky Blyer, or Franco Harris usually had about 1,000 yards. Okay, but and he played in an era where they ran the football a lot. Yeah, I, I think that what I'm saying still stands, though, is that like he was averaging fucking 16 yards per catch in like a run-dominated week that, like, like he was able to either he was either a deep threat that was stretching the field or he was like getting yards after the catch. So like he was he seemed like a guy that was way ahead of his time. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he had he got thirty seven balls a year for for what sixteen? Hold on, Hold did on. he really thirty seven balls a year? Okay, and that's terrible. He's fucking his, his trash. Best, actually, <laughs> his best. I don't want to hear about the time <laughs> of the year either. You know, his best year. 880 yards. Oh, my God. 880 yards. You know who does that? Oh, Diggs does that on a bad year. <laughs> my boy. He played in a time period where most of them were 14 games. The, the, the 16-game season did not come, uh, come around until 1979. So, 700, 800 yards. He had 16 games that year. Okay. So, so, so either way, though, the so it's impossible to compare his yards because you, you can't really say, oh, well, you know, take two, guys, two games off this guy. And uh, also, yeah, he had 37 catches, and he still, when 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 the games mattered, he made he made the catches that mattered though. Like, okay, he had 37 catches, but that's not his fault. Like that, it was an era where literally you only ran the ball. Um, yeah, I I mean you can still come. He's getting roughly around 50 yards per game, which isn't great, but it's a different era. And I like to say that we don't have the target stats, so it's really hard to see. Like like that apparently wasn't recorded back in that day. Um, I will say that, like, from a clutch standpoint, yeah, he stands really strong. Like, especially, you know, obviously, you, you go, you got his career at 16.3 yards per reception. He improves in the playoff, and then he improves in the Super Bowl. Uh, my point is, though, like, I don't, yards per reception, I don't think it's a strong stat to base any type of particular relevancy off of. That's a, that's a play style, and, you know, if you do that, then you could assert that at number two, Djax is there with 17.6 yards per reception. So, I like that. I mean, I'm I can't I cannot disregard the the clutch aspect of Lin Swan. Lin Swan took ballet off the field because he said I'm gonna be able to go up acrobatically and make these plays. He he had an it factor. Lin Swan absolutely had an it factor. But the the real stat that we can pull is that yards possession. I don't think that's a strong. I don't think that's a strong stat for like a a career case. I think the his. Postseason performances are undoubtedly impressive. Uh, I cannot dispute that. Like he point that he showed up in the games that matter most is seems valid. 
However, Adam Thielen has more yards in six games than he did in most of his seasons. Like, it's a different era, but, like, that inherently means that he is not one of the best three receivers ever. So, I know you guys don't like cross-sport references. I love says who. I love these. But <laughs> everyone comes up to me and says, Wilt Chamberlain played with plumbers and electricians. Every, everybody comes up to Garland. The wide receiver, the, it was a different era. It was a run-game era. The cornerbacks have never seen... Was there cornerbacks back then? Let's be honest. It's linebackers. Uh, <laughs> just, just 250 pound men. never seen a wide receiver. So, yeah, he's ahead of his time. You can throw that at me, but maybe his stats are a little inflated because there's no cornerback. That's... So you, you want to say that he was ahead of his time and he played against, you know, for one, this is the 1970s. We're not, we're not talking about leatherheads. These aren't bums. These are professional football players. They got paid to play the game. They were the best corners that I they could. So. And not only that, when he played the, the other best uh, defense in the conference or the, or the best team in, in a conference, he, he, just, he, he just crushed them. I mean, again, I, I'm going to read these stats again because <laughs> I love reading them. Four catches, okay, so that's not even a lot, 161 yards, touchdown. Very Seven good. catches, 124 catches. yards, touchdown. Five catches, 79 yards, touchdown. He, he's so clutch. And, and here's my argument, and you're going to hear this. If I want a, a team of Lynn Swans, I'd rather have a team of Lynn Swans before a team of Terrell Owens, well, yeah, before I have a team of Randy Mosses, because Lynn Swan, when it mattered most. He kept quiet. Yeah, <laughs> this man was a mute. Because Lynn Swan showed up when it mattered. And, you know, I, so in preparation for this podcast, I asked my dad, I said, Dad, who do you think is the greatest uh, wide receiver ever? And for those that don't know, my dad actually, he predicted Kirk Cousins was going to be good. So he, that, that's his claim <laughs> to right. The only <laughs> man on earth who has predicted Kirk Cousins will be relevant in football. So, but, but my dad says it's Lynn Swan and then stands up in the middle of, we were watching like Thursday Night Football, and he begins to explain to me, the kind of catches he made. No one can make that. I've seen this man jump out of bounds and land back in bounds to make Holy a catch. Shit. Okay, yeah. like, like look that up when you've yes. done the podcast. He is that, that immaculate catch where he's just like fumbling the ball and then just catches mm-hmm. it uh, for a fifty-yard gain in the Super Bowl. That that was amazing, and I've not seen anyone do that since. The, the, just to just to affirm that one second, I just want to add to that because it was real quick. Uh, yes, he made incredible plays. Like you can go look up the the uh, the old film. You'll see plays of him and his his waistline is above the DB's head, and the guy's still looking for the ball, and he's just floating in the air catching. It's it's absurd. So let me get this straight. You said your argument is legit because I love Coach Tony. He said I predicted Kirk Cousins, no rings. And a, one of your biggest arguments is rings. Kirk Cousins does not have a ring. Will not have a ring ever. Oh. And you're going to say that your argument is legit because your dad, Coach Tony, said Kirk Cousins was going to be no, decent. You're, you're taking words out of my mouth there because my argument's legit because of four catches, 161 yards, touchdown, seven catches, 124 yards, touchdown, five catches, 79 yards, Touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. What, what are what are uh, you know I, your bums that you put in your top three? What were their Super Bowl stats? He has a Super Bowl MVP. You want to talk about stats? How many of yours are Super Bowl MVPs? None. You have failed to give me one single one. To this question, who is Lynn Swan's QB? Terry Bradshaw. I was. Oh. You say he's bad. He is. Oh, he's all favor. Terry Bradshaw is horrible. But that Steelers team that was 
that Steelers team, that Steelers defense, oh, the best defense of all time. Um, the they had two of the best running backs of all time. They had the best team of all time. Well, they had okay. the best team of all time. Terry Bradshaw is not good. Lin <laughs> Swan is incredible catching ball. He did it against Cowboys. Yeah, it's just whatever. But uh, he's not. He's not a top three. I'm starting to think we should throw out. Cowboys defense is a credible thing. Because <laughs> 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 everyone's burning them. And for uh, argument's sakes here, all we know is Terry Bradshaw is a Hall of Fame QB. He had him for what? All of his career? No, most of his career? it didn't. Well, most of his career, career yeah. yeah. Most of his career, yeah. Um, let's re- Do I need to read off that name T.O. had? He had Steven <laughs> for what? Three, four years? But but you, you say he's he's Terry Bradshaw is a bum when you want him to be, and then all of a sudden he's a Hall of Famer when you want him to be. So you you got to pick a side here. I'm sorry, but Terry Bradshaw is better than Jeff Garcia. I'm not gonna say that that's controversial. Well, I don't think I've ever said Terry Bradshaw is a bum. I, have. I couldn't I couldn't even tell you any of his stats. But I have said that he looks like a goblin and <laughs> <it> still stands for <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, and that's give, that's moving to you too. Yeah, I'm gonna give my uh, my number two. This one here. Very excited about because it is Michael, the playmaker, Irvin, the Hold Dallas on. Cowboys wide receiver. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Objection. Okay, I want to hear about all the shit that T.O. did while Michael Irvin was fucking snorting baking powder by the fucking truckload on the side. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, Talk because, about locker room cancer. I think that a guy that had a, like, no disrespect to Michael Irvin. Like, I'm glad that he seems that he's kicked his drug habit. But, like, he was <laughs> absolutely <too> <laughs> fucking, like, out of his mind. Yeah. Please cocaine. go ahead and make that argument because I, I, I knew you were going to make this argument. Because, yeah, he, he did have a drug habit on the side, and, and that, that is awful. But he, he never, uh, it never negatively affected the team. And none of that, he never, he, negative, he never negatively spoke ill of a single player. And, in fact, he was the leader of the Dallas Cowboys, which outside the New England Patriots, that 90s Dallas Cowboys might be the greatest dynasty in all of football. I've watched this man speak on the sideline and say, we will run the ball down their throat. Do you think Terrell Owens ever said, hey, guys, let's, let's run the ball? No. But Michael Irvin, he was the leader of that offense. He said, no, no, we're going we're gonna to run the football. We are going. He, he led it. Troy Aikman has a Hall of Fame spot, and Troy Aikman has a job at Fox because of Michael Irvin. Okay, Troy Aikman, he's, he's not that great of a quarterback, but Michael Irvin made him this. And so I'm going to go ahead, compare him to T.O. and Randy Moss, because I knew that these comparisons were going to come up. Uh, Michael Irvin in the playoffs has a 78% catch rate. Terrell Owens, 56%. That's a great. big drop. That's just playoff numbers, right? Just, just okay. playoffs. T.O. was often targeted. His most targets were on first and second down. Irvin's was first and third down. So what that tells me, uh, for one... Michael Irvin didn't, didn't play in a spread. He didn't play in anything. He, he played in I formation. Let's hand it to Emmett Smith for two plays. And then third down, you, know, you look at the targets, often it was third, nine, and Troy Aikman would just, because you can find the splits. You, you can do your research. And third, nine, he'd just throw it up there and hope to God Michael Irvin would just be who he is, the playmaker, and make a catch. And he did. So, so again, you know, and then the, the, the Randy Moss comparison that I, uh, you know, Again, with these bad habits, Irvin never said that he didn't want to play. In fact, Michael Irvin said, if you watch Michael Irvin play football, that dude, he's the greatest of just catching slants. He got nailed by linebackers in a league where concussions weren't even thought of. And he said to himself, Michael, you catch that football or you go back to the ghetto. That's what he said to himself. 
Randy Moss just said, I don't feel like playing today. And he just didn't catch the football or just didn't run hard enough. That never happened with Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin, now you're going to go and give me some statistics. He got hurt early and that, that hurt his career. But he was a leader of that Dallas Cowboys. And if I had to pick a guy to, to take to the playoffs, I'm taking the playmaker, Michael Irvin. So what two downs did you tell me that he was most targeted on? First and third, right? Mm-hmm. And you tell me that Evan Smith ran the ball on first and second. So if the only down they pass the ball is third down, then why the hell wouldn't he be most targeted on third down when that's the only time they threw the ball? <laughs> so, but, but that's my point. That's my point is that, that he, he, got, he got thrown to an obvious passing situation, and it didn't affect him. He just still went up there and he just made the play. Because, you know, Terrell Owens made a lot of catches, but he never made the catch. He, 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 he just, you know, whatever it was. Michael Irvin made Super Bowl catches. He made, he made great catches, and again, he was a leader of that football team. So, let me get this straight. Michael Irvin made the catch, too? Okay, the catch, too, for those who don't know, <laughs> the catch, too, was Terrell Owens dropping every single ball that was thrown to him, <laughs> except for the last one. But that, Tio, that's what the catch, too, was. It didn't count. Tio, that's, Tio, that's what the catch is. Terrell Owens, so it doesn't count, I guess. I don't know. T.O. didn't make the catch. You know, <laughs> again, I'm talking about the catch and that it was important, because did they win the Super Bowl that year? No. No, they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. So, apparently, he didn't make the catch again. Michael Irvin, again, when they needed a catch, and this guy was not only a three-time Super Bowl champion, he should have been five. Because uh, uh, when you look at the no-call at Candlestick, when Deion Sanders just, I mean, it, it, was, it was awful. Just took a touchdown away from Michael Irvin. So that, that's one. And then if Jimmy, you know, Jerry Jones, he, he's, a, he's a bum. Uh, he fires Jimmy Johnson. Uh, that, that, that would have been five, six. And again, I'm not playing the what-if game because, you know, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle, but she doesn't, so she's not. Um... But again, uh, th- this was just a dude that he was the playmaker. Trell Owens was not the playmaker. He was just a guy that caught a lot of balls. So your entire point of like player personalities working in a team, it's fine if they have incredibly serious crippling personal issues as long as they're a team player, though, right? Is okay. that what you're saying? Again. Kind of? What, what, what I'm saying is, if what I want a team of Michael Irvin's, I would love a team of Michael Irvin's. You want to know why? Because they're someone that, it doesn't matter who gets the ball, as long as we win the football game. Oh, but and, it's... And, and if he has to make a play to do it, he will. If Randy Moss or Terrell Owens didn't get the football, and it's like these new, like OBJ, you know, Antonio Brown and Julio, if they don't get the football, oh, you know, they complain about it. Michael Irvin said, he, he, I saw him, he was on the sideline saying, we're going to run it down their throats with Emmitt Smith. He, he just wanted to win football games. He was the leader of that team. Randy Moss and Trello never were the leader of their teams, maybe except for that I don't know, Andy Reid you know, had uh, that, that year, maybe. Now, again, support to Michael Irvin and also people struggling with drug addiction. It's a very serious thing. Not using that exploitatively, but like you can't look at a player like Randy Moss's behavior on the team and say he's not good because he maybe is outspoken, is critical of his team and then look at a guy like Michael Irvin who has very serious issues off the field that need he needs help and say oh but that's okay because he wants to run the ball I agree you cannot say that those are it's hypocritical it is incredibly hypocritical when one is actually an issue and one is a person expressing like their a, a person I mean sure maybe it fucked up the locker room but like like as a personality, as a behavioral issue, Brandy Moss telling a hotel their food was shit is not a problem. Whenever a man struggling with an actual drug addiction is a personal problem, but 
as long as he supports his quarterback, that's okay. Am I am no, I wrong? No, you are wrong because what I'm saying is is that whatever problems Mike Orban had, they got left off the field. Randy Moss brought his problems onto the field. Randy Moss, well, you know, he he wouldn't run as hard as when he wanted to. He, he just kind of would say, "I'll play when I want to play." Actually, Mike Orban never said that. If Randy Moss brought his problems on the field, would he be the all-time leader in touchdowns? If his problems were so impactful on the field, would he have that record? I, I, he wouldn't have the record of Michael Irvin finish his career with that, that injury. Yeah. So, T.O., you know, disagree on that, but... I'm a fellow Cowboys fan. I love Michael Irvin. But, okay, we're, yeah. we're going to just avoid the fact that there's probably eight, nine people in the box in these, in these years. Hmm. This entire time they have Emmett Smith. I'm going to just say, you know, the year, uh, Michael Irvin's career year, uh, 95. This is uh, Emmett Smith ran for 1,700 yards and 25 touchdowns. Um, they're going to have at least eight, nine people in the box because... I hope so. And then not only that, but they have they have four pro bowlers on the, on the offensive line. There's only five guys there. And uh, Jay Novacek, 700 yards from a tight end spot. And you're telling me they don't have to cover everybody? He's getting a single cover every, every time. He only plays <laughs> Deion Sanders once. He's just playing some, some guys. So, but no, no, no. Because when you watch those games... I've seen, like, Troy Aikman, Mike Irvin wasn't even near, nearly done his route yet. And, and Troy Aikman just, it was a third and long again, and he just throws it up there, and, and there was a safety over top and a corner covering Irvin. And Irvin just goes right by him, jumps up, and as his name says, Michael, middle name, the playmaker Irvin, uh, he just goes up there and just catches the football for a touchdown in the 1994 NFC Conference game. Also, the fact that he's able to still produce when you have a 1,700-yard rusher, and that he was okay with that. I could not imagine Terrell Owens or Randy Moss being okay with someone being that good on his football team. Um, for someone that you claim is so great on third downs and so clutch at making these catches, I'm I'm finding it I'm finding it shocking that he barely has better career catch percentages than Terrell Owens, who led the league seven years with uh, top four drops. Um, so give you some context in these stats. Targets weren't recorded the first four years of Michael Irvin's career, so I had to go past those first four years. So I took the rest of Michael Irvin's career and matched it up with the 5th through 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I guess the, the rest of their careers, basically. Um, 64, Michael Irvin, 66% catch rate T.O. Next year, 61 to 60 in favor of Michael Irvin. Next year, 65, 62, Irvin. 67, 54, Irving. 61, 60, Irving. 47, 51, T.O. 57, 56, Irvin, 52, 57, T.O. But so what you got is you got three years of Irvin leading, three years of T.O. leading, and one where they're essentially, there's a 1% difference. So yes, Irvin had that, but like they're, they're pretty close. So this guy's on third down, he's clutch, he's getting that ball. You're saying he's making these catches, but T.O., the guy that, that's dropping all these balls, they're not that far apart. No, no because, because again, as I said... The catch rate in the playoffs completely changed. Oh, it was a seventy-eight percent in the playoffs to fifty-six with Owens. That's almost a twenty-five percent difference. He's a playmaker. Now I'm gonna say it. It sounds like T.O. and Michael Irvin. Like I'm gonna boil this down, be a little reductive here, but it sounds like they have similar issues that you have brought up about Terrell Owens. It sounds like Michael Irvin has similar issues to those, but like also significantly worse stats. <laughs> so like. I'm not necessarily tracking this, but also going back to sort of the point about um, T.O. being okay, so to speak, with, like, them just running the hell out of the ball. Like, 
Urban being okay. Urban, my bad. Michael Urban being okay with them just, like, running the ball every play, basically, with Evan Smith. Like, they were winning games every fucking time they did that. Giving Emmett Smith the ball 30 times a game or whatever, every game would end with the W, then I'd be like, yeah, let's do that, regardless of what position I play. And, like, I think every receiver also would probably say that. Go ahead, on. So um, you said that uh, Michael Irvin's going to be okay as running the ball. Yeah, that's because he had the greatest yeah. running back of all time, with possibly the greatest fullback of all time back there to run it. They're guaranteed to get the yards. You know, he's was, going to get it. Was Barry Sanders on the Cowboys? So, T.O. is never going to be okay with running the ball. I mean, who did he have to run the ball? I would really I don't know. Julius Jones? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Brian Westbrook? Who? Oh, I, I, don't know. Know. I don't know. He's never had any good running backs. I, if they ran the ball, it's an insult to him. I don't know. I uh, will also say that Michael Irvin's playoff numbers look better because he was in the playoffs more than T.O. True. Is that his fault that he was able to lead his team? Again, I don't think well, you're just no, I mean, you're just throwing <laughs> that out. He, he he is a leader of the football team. What does that mean? He he, le- he literally led like quarter. Usually it's the quarterback that leads. Now Terrell Owens was too emotional to ever lead a football team. Randy Moss didn't care enough to lead a football team. Michael Irvin was a leader of a football team, and honestly, a leader of uh, of the best Man. dynasty in the '90s. So, uh, like like these comparisons, it it, it it's just foolish. Once again, okay. you come at me with a wide receiver who played a lot of his career with was Troy Aikman a Hall of Famer? Yes. Uh, oh, 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 he's a Hall of Famer because Michael Irvin. Yeah, because of Michael <laughs> Irvin. Oh. And you are on you are on record of saying that wide receivers don't matter to team. Therefore, say. you know, just Troy Aikman make Michael Irvin. I think that might be the argument. No, if you watch Michael, if you watch Troy Aikman play football, you know he he was he's, he's, he's barely more than a game manager, and Michael Irvin again just made made, made Troy Aikman. So let's look at this again. Troy Aikman is a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> because Michael You're, Irvin, you are sitting here so telling me all these people are like you know oh well they got all these good quarterbacks. And <laughs> now when you give me your first two people, they have. What was that? Hall of Two Fame Hall quarterbacks. I Help see. me out. I fuck with you guys. Did uh did T O make uh make his Hall of Fame quarterback then? No, no. Yeah. See, he played what? What was it? Two, three years of T O. It wasn't many. Yeah, and that was. was Jeff, he's trying to say that he. I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to say. Just, <laughs> I mean, if Sorry. if Urban's making his quarterback Hall of Fame, what? T O. T O. Obviously, he had some great effects on the quarterback. Did he just also contribute to that? Well, I mean, he does have a Hall of Fame quarterback. No, he doesn't. Like but, one. Like, but, like I said, you know, McNabb had, what was it, 16 touchdown passes. The year T.O. comes in, he has 31. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that's a significant, <laughs> almost double. I'd say 100% increases. I mean, the obvious point is T.O. didn't have Hall of Fame quarterbacks most of his career and is statistically better than Michael Irvin in just about every single category. So like, but, 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 but you, but you Zach, forget. he's a leader. Don't but, you know? Oh, but he, you're forgetting the that leader stats. Michael Irvin had his, his, had his career cut short due to an injury okay. because, and, and I've never seen Terrell Owens catch the slants that Michael Irvin did. <laughs> okay. And, and I'm, I, I you know you did? OBJ. You can laugh. No, no, no. 
He never he never caught that because OBJ plays in a league where it is elite. You can't even hit a dude that's catching a football. Michael Irvin would get wrecked by a linebacker and a safety and take shots to the helmet, and he still would hold on. Michael Irvin said to himself before every game, "You catch that football or you go back to the ghetto." That is a, that, that is an, an attitude. Intense creed. Yeah, an no, that's intense, intense creed. Randy Moss said, "Maybe I'll play today. Maybe Randy will come Maybe out." Maybe I'll today. play. Today. I'll do better uh, than Michael Irvin. Uh, but but he caught the slants, and those those were slants were just where he would he get slammed and he'd get the first down and keep the play moving. So T.O. Obviously, saying it again, didn't have any quarterbacks. The Eagles' defense wasn't anything historic. You know, they didn't have a running back. They didn't have virtually no one around him. You're giving me two wide receivers that you keep telling me are on the greatest dynasties of their era. So you're telling me these guys have all these players around him, all these people to, you know, help him out, and T.O. is getting triple coverage because he's the only player on his team. I'm I'm also hearing that he's catching these slants and getting wrecked, but he has a career 15.9 yards per reception, which is just 0.4 yards shy of Lynn Swan, who was that that deep ball guy. Exactly. So he he could catch the. But wait, but he's taking the shot. Yeah. So he's <laughs> catching the deep ball because he could do. He could. There's nothing that Michael Irvin could not do. He could catch the deep ball. He could run the slant, and no one ran the slant better than him. Um, so it, it's just a matter of. What I'm saying, when you watched him play, there was there was there was not a single route on the route tree that he couldn't run. I, I, there's some there's a lot of these routes some guys just can't run. Michael Irvin, anything was open to him. All right, do I want to move to Justin's right. number, number one? one. All right, oh so boy. oh boy, let's get it. All right, so my number one is just say it. possibly Chris Carter says he has the best hands ever. Larry. Fitzgerald. Right. Hey, look at that. Larry Fitzgerald what by the far is the greatest of all time because ha! because for one, when you talk about leader, he has carried a, a a just the Cleveland Browns of the desert. He has carried that franchise. Also the only team in the desert. <laughs> he has carried that franchise uh, on his back. He's a leader, and so Hawn already got into all the stats. So I kind of feel like okay, you've taken that, but here's so I'll just go the other side because there's so much you can talk about about Before this man. This is a guy that we have on record. He's kept, he's diving for balls in practice on Thursday. He, he he sets the example. And also, what you didn't touch on, one of the best blocking wide receivers in the history of the game. Okay, and, and not only that, but he he's able to go out and and set the example for other wide receivers. Other wide receivers that have played with him say that they are better because of playing with him. That that he has made them better uh, just because no one practices harder than he does. Um, and also, it's the little things. He, he's just a straight-up leader by example. Uh, he, he has class, and I would love a team of Larry Fitzgeralds. Yeah, okay? I mean, that's what I keep saying. I would love a team of Lynn Swans, of playmakers. I'd love a team of the actual playmaker, Michael Irvin. I'd love a team of leaders like Larry Fitzgerald. And, and he's so helpful to the, to the rookies. Every year he has a camp in Minnesota where he's from. He invites people from all over the league to come and practice and play. Uh, it was Michael Floyd wrote an article in the Players Tribune. He said he, he Michael Floyd obviously had some off the field issues <laughs> himself, but he didn't he didn't want to show up. I think it was his rookie year, and so Larry Fitzgerald tweeted, "Yeah, we had a lot of hard work. Michael Floyd wasn't there, or something like that." Next day, Michael Floyd shows up, and then he tweets out, "You know, Michael Floyd's so great, whatever." Um, and also little things. He like he'll, he he told Michael Floyd that hey, always dress well when you take whenever you do a press conference because. CEOs might be saying, hey, he plays good football. He, he could be my spokesperson. He, he's, he's just a, such a great role model, leader, and 
And you, you might say, oh, well, is this the greatest role model or the greatest wide receiver? He's both. I just, there's another way to say it. Fitzgerald would be a good dad. I am glad you finally gave me someone who has undoubtedly the best player on their team yeah. and a leader on and off the field. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, yeah. Every single year of his life, he's been the best player on the team. Yep. Yes. I mean, accurate. I don't know that that DJ two thousand in your season. He almost caused my balls as Larry, I think, actually. But <laughs> right, yeah, um, anyway, uh, some other things to add to Larry. He's in his fifteenth season. He's missed six games in his career. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. Six games in his career. Wow. Uh, he's currently injured right now, and he's still he's just playing through it. He's what is he thirty three or something? He got back pain. He's, he's like, yeah, now. I'm out on the field. <laughs> also, best dreads. Just gonna say it. Yes, he has very say, nice dress. He's a very good looking um, Another thing I want to add is, again, entering his 15th season, 11 out of 14 so far played, he's been to the Pro Bowl. Which wow. I know we're kind of saying, Holy like, shit. Pro Bowl isn't that big, but still, that, like, 11 Pro Bowls out of 14 years. That's, that's you know. That's more than anybody else mentioned here, I believe. I think he actually might lead the NFL in wow. all-time Pro Bowls. <laughs> that's great. Um, <laughs> if, if I had made a list... Larry also would have been my number one. I'll just leave it at that. Really? Yes. I. Wow. Uh, again, this is happening. This is partially because I only know modern football. Uh, but <laughs> I've I've watched Larry since I was like I don't know around 2008 or so, and Larry is he's just he's he's you know he's almost unstoppable. He's he's in there every year doing it. He's just. He's a machine. No matter he's who he is. He's a machine. No matter quarterback. Yes. He okay, just, I read him. he endures. He is, you know, he's above, like, yeah, everyone else, and situations persisted. don't matter. The eternal the Larry Fitzgerald. doesn't matter. He's he is infinite. always He there. is the beginning and the end. He's the Frank Gore of wide receivers, honestly. Whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa. Frank Gore. Whoa. Hold on, man. That's an insult. That's not Oh, no, no. In, in the term Let's that stop. Frank Gore, he's, like, the situation around Frank Gore changed all throughout his career, and Frank Gore is still in there Gore getting is, it done. Is the constant. Yeah, Frank Gore, he's still, Frank Gore was born in he's 1920, and he's still playing. Frank Gore the ball 100 times? <laughs> <laughs> he probably did. Um, all right, let's go ahead, Zach. So, like, kind of what we were saying with Han is, like, it's hard to dispute Larry Fitzgerald because, like, I think, like, statistically, you look at his career, he's had a fantastic, like, he's had a legendary career. Like, he's in the top five. I, this is, I can't back this up, but, like, I'm, Assuming, guessing that he's like in the top five for a lot of significant receiving stats. I believe he's second he's, all time in receiving yards. He's got more receiving yards than Moss and Owens. Yeah, like he is, he is up there in the major statistics. The touchdowns, he's gonna, he's not gonna get touchdowns, sure. but but Arizona, the Cardinals don't score touchdowns. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, they don't. That's, their that's game. not their fault. But like he's gonna be up there in the major statistics by the time he finishes. Like he's, he has a legendary career, and like he is continuing to be. Well, you know, this season he that team is very bad, very bad, very, very, bad. very bad. <laughs> like, and he hasn't been very good, uh, or he, his impact has been rather minimal. He's been hurt. To, he has dealt with a hamstring this year. Um, Pittman Larry Fitzgerald has been a fantastic player ever since he came into the league. Mm-hmm. We are proud to call him a Pitt Panther. Um, did you hear the story of how he like got to Pittsburgh? Wasn't he like a ball boy or something like that? That's unconfirmed. So he was a ball boy for the Vikings as a child. Well, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. I saw uh, Randy I've... Moss. He was like, "I want to be just like you." Um, my <laughs> one, was. my one knock, which he like, <laughs> which like, my one knock on Larry Fitzgerald is, I think you look at my guy, Randy Moss, and you can see how he, Randy Moss, as a singular player, changed the league, and Larry Fitzgerald is not 
the same. Larry Fitzgerald did not change the way offenses work in the NFL. And he's been, he's worked fantastically within offenses. And obviously, like, over the past decade, we've seen the league shift towards passing game. And it blowing up. I mean, this year, we're setting records with, sco- like, scoring records every week, it feels like. So Larry Fitzgerald has certainly been a component of that trend. So, like, you look at, like, how the league has progressed, like, the trends that have come about and the trend of offense exploding. And, like, certainly Larry Fitzgerald has been a component in that. He has been a player in that that has benefited from that quite a bit. But, like, he did not change the way that receiver as a position was played or the way that receiver as a defense was viewed or schemed against. Uh, I would say you're compl- that, that's a awful reason to say he's the greatest of all time because Joe Namath helped to change modern passing, and yet I would not put him in my top 20, 30, 40, 50. Well, seasons. I mean... Okay, but wait, wait, so, so to say that he, you had to change, he helped change the game, that, 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 that's just wrong. And also, if that's your argument, I might put some other bums that were in very good West Coast systems in Candlestick in my top three. You mean like Joe Montana? Well, Joe Montana, yeah, you guys that had Joe Montana thrown to him, uh, you know, I might put him in my top three because you could say, oh, well, you know, he helped change the game because he, you know, kind of hard to say he didn't, but yeah, no one's seen it before. No one's seen a Randy Moss before. I'm going to say that Larry Fitzgerald absolutely changed the way that the wide receiver position is played. He went from being an outside receiver for all his years, and he, he just he just put three, four, five years on any wide receiver's career by saying, hey, if you're an outside receiver, go to the slot now. Yes, go okay. the slot. See if you can work out the slot. Because it worked for me, and guess what? You know, I got three to uh, 100-plus catch seasons with it. You know? Yes. One second, Nathan. Uh, yes, that was a good career move, but like, it's not like slot receiver didn't exist before Larry Fitzgerald. It's not like receivers were not being used in different formations before Larry Fitzgerald. Like, that was a thing. He took advantage of it extremely well, and you're right, it has prolonged his career, and he has put up very impressive numbers in that change. But, like, to say that, like, he imparted significance onto, like, slot receiving is, like, I don't know. doesn't seem to hold water to me. Um, I'm a little bit more with Zach on this point, how he, he made the point that, like, Randy did this and Larry didn't. And, like I said, Larry be my number one. All Zach was saying is, like, here's something that Larry didn't do that Randy did. And that's kind of, like, yeah. why he is – that's why Zach put Randy at his number one. Yeah, and I – can... But – and I also – like – I see what Han's saying, but I don't actually know another receiver. Like, the reason why Larry is my one is because he made that transition. I don't know another receiver in the history of the NFL that made, like, the adjustments that Larry did. Like, changing from that outside receiver to a slot receiver is incredibly hard. And he did it. And that's, like, that's huge to me. And I can't... Can you name another one that did that? Like, I cannot. And... If you want to know what Randy Moss would look like in Larry Fitzgerald's cleats, look at what he did in Oakland. Because when Randy Moss didn't have a great quarterback, didn't have a Tom Brady throwing him the football, or a Dante Culpepper who, I mean, he, he, he wasn't great, but man, he had an arm. Sure you know, it, it, whoever was, was thrown to him in, in Oakland, look, he, he just didn't care. I, you know how easy it could be for Larry Fitzgerald? Like it, you know, with Josh Rosen, uh, Blaine Gabbert, uh, you know, whatever, whatever bum they could find. I just don't want to play, and yet he still is a leader uh, with, with these guys. I just I love I love Larry to death in the he, the ability to play when when he has no one else around him and still be a leader and improve the lives of other players. Um, I, yeah. I'm reading something here that says 
Now, I don't know the validity behind this because it's hard to find. This says that he has 28 drops in his 2042 career targets. Holy. I, yeah, I actually that, don't I, believe that only because I've actually seen him. He's had he's having I've a bit of a drop him. problem this season, and I think he has, like, five or six so far this season. So yeah, like <laughs> that's, ac- that's valid. That's completely accurate. That's like, valid. he's had seasons where he has two drops all year. That's, which is incredible. I think well, this, this is a little outdated, uh, 2015, but, you know, we can go off it. Um, he, it says that for every drop, he has 41 catches. So for oh, every 41 shit, catches, dude. he has drops the ball. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, that's crazy. That is unbelievable. That's like what Tom is That's Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I thought Trello was, was averaging 28 drops a, a year. I don't know, but... Boom, there it is, folks. <laughs> Boom. That's the show. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like little five... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, it's just the model of consistency with inconsistency all around him. Coaches have changed. He, he still is great. You know, he went from, uh, you know, uh, the Bears are who we thought they were, to Ken Wisenhunt, who as a Steelers fan, yeah, he should have got out of town, to uh, I think the guy after him was Bruce Arians, and we also kicked him out of town. Like, and now he has, I don't even, I could not name you, and I know a lot of coaches could not name you any, I could name you this dude that's coaching right now. Steve Wilkes. Uh, Steve, Steve, Steve Wilkes. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah it is. It's like well, David Johnson. Yeah. He does. It's weird. Very much so. I could name you as offense coordinator. It's Byron Leftwich now. Byron oh, Leftwich. Yeah. Oh, Byron. Oh, Byron. Big year coming from uh, from Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. I'm going to be honest. The rest of the year, you're saying big turnaround. Big turnaround. Big turnaround. I'm going to be honest. For this podcast, because I knew I was going to put Larry as my GOAT, I made a trade with Nathan in our fantasy ah. league. I know we're supposed to start with fantasy league, but I did that just so. I could walk in this room and tell you he's the greatest of all time, and he's on my fantasy team. He's that great. I'd like to point out that there is a reason why Maurice Jones-Drew and Fred Taylor has all those rushing yards. No, not Fred Taylor. Yeah, Fred Taylor. Taylor. (laughs) And it's not because Brian Leftwich was any kind of good at any kind of offense. What'd you call him, Brian Leftwich? It's Byron. Byron, Byron, it doesn't Wait, matter. It does. Brian, no one knows well, that spelling. There it is. He's left-handed. He, he beat the Steelers multiple times, let's be honest. He is not good enough to remember his name. <laughs> well, fair enough. I don't know why we're talking about Byron Leftwich when we have the greatest of all time a lot in Arizona. Arizona. I don't know why I was talking about this when we got Jake, who had the list to still... Uh, Give us your... Yeah, you said yeah. that you had some, so... Well, I, you know, I'm not a big historian, like these nerds, I guess. So, no, I'm probably I just going to talk. my list out of my ass. <laughs> but, absolutely. I had to write it down so I remember who I said. Uh, um, but, so, you know, I'm just going to talk about guys that I think are really good right now. So, top three guys in the league today. Number three, because I'm doing it right, Antonio Brown. Huh? You know? Weak. He's having a bit of a down year, but he's still fucking awesome. Two, I'm, I'm moving through these. So get ready. <laughs> Go. Um, number two. Man, Julio Jones. Uh, <laughs> How many touchdowns does he have? Yeah, wait. I knew you were going to say that, but man, he's fucking incredible. Did you say Calvin Ridley did it wrong? Go for it, girl. I didn't know Melvin Gordon moved out the wide receiver. Well, actually, why don't we start at uh, With them zero tuzzies. Well, let me start back down. Number three, I'll say, let me try to remember literally any receiver right now. Steve Smith. Good. Steve God, Smith man. Jr. Senior. Just kidding. Um... <laughs> Literally, who the fuck plays in the NFL? The old DeAndre does. Hey, DeAndre Jay. Hopkins. Okay, yep. Thank you, Nathan. DeAndre Hopkins at number three. He's fucking unreal, dude. Yes, agreed. Uh, I don't know what more needs to be said. Julio Jones at number two. 
I'll say that. Still. I'll keep that there. Yeah, okay. Antonio Brown's number one, but Julio Jones. All right. I'm kind of dispute. Be, like I'm not just just. You're gonna say Adam Thielen. I'm gonna say Adam Thielen. <laughs> I'm not basing it solely off of this season. Okay. Like this okay. is like sort of a you know this season plays a big role. This is a, like a collection of the past few okay. years. The past few years that I've like really paid attention to it. But I'll say Julio Jones. Like I'm a Panthers fan. You know, a lukewarm Panthers fan. I'll say that. And I've seen it. Julio Jones play against us twice a year for five years. And it's, like, you can't tell me that he's not one of the best in the league right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Garland. Adam Thielen is the current day Jordy Nelson. Bum season. False. About False. Three, two good seasons, three good seasons. All right, I'm not going to get into it, but I am going to defend Adam Thielen. <laughs> he is on him. pace to have, like, one of the best seasons a receiver's ever had. Like, legitimately. He's on pace to destroy the receptions record. He's on pace to come in second in all-time yards in the season. Oh, my God. Yes, I do. Listeners, Nathan Hybeck just cracked his neck like an assassin would and is still here with us. All right, go ahead, Justin. Um, not yet. Okay. I think, no, I'm not going to say Adam Thielen's the greatest receiver of, like, this era, but, like, I think if you are looking at this, these six games, there's not a better receiver than Adam Thielen in the league this year. Adam Thielen is a legitimate I superstar and having... On pace to have like one of the most impressive seasons ever. Adam Thielen's fucking awesome. I'll tell you that right now. I think it's ironic that you know we started at the beginning of this podcast talking about Big Ben Roethlisberger, and you tell me that Adam Thielen's on pace to break some se- single season record. Mm-hmm. Two of them. No, two just of them. One. Just yeah, one. currently. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben yep. Roethlisberger. All right. Well, is, we're not talking about that. Well, no, we, <laughs> we don't do it like that. Ben Roethlisberger is on pace to I break know, it seems like we have been doing like single that. season passing record uh, for for yardage. So. To me, you can't six games. Come on, get out of here. He 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 did great for the first six games last year. I mean, yeah, we'll see yeah, how actually, it turns out. I mean, he had a great season last year. He was an all yeah, pro last year. <laughs> like that's not gonna. As a man who owned him in fantasy last year, he did not do great the first game. He had like two or three games in those first six where he was playable in fantasy. So like statistically wise, it wasn't a great six games. I will say that this year, like if you look at it, he's on pace to smash Julio's eighteen hundred yard season, which is wild. And he's got some touchdowns to go with it, which is wild. Right now, Adam Thielen is like living out of his shell and he it's is, crazy. He is the best receiver of these first six games of the twenty eighteen season. I like, totally agree. That I don't think that's arguable even. I'm gonna argue it. Oh my god. Oh my so, god. You know, we got this passing league People passing the ball a lot. Mr. Thielen, incredible yards, right? Incredible yards. 12.3 yards a catch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very pedestrian. Well, he's also he's leading the league. not had over five touchdowns a year. That's true. Yep. He's at four he right now. He has not had over five touchdowns a year. Very pedestrian. He had 12,000 yards. Four touchdowns last year. Well, hold on. Very I'm not talking about last year. Yeah, we're not talking about last Very year. I don't give a shit about last year. See, if you want to say, like, modern era, like, right now, well, you, can't, I, you can't say, you can't base anything off of six games. You got to use, you well, know, a year, I'm two saying, years, three years. I'm quantifying right. that these are the best of these six games. He's been the best. So yeah. I am basing um, it solely also, off these the, six games. The, also, I'm talking about this era, and I didn't mention Adam Thielen at all. So, Adam, like, Antonio Brown is clearly the best guy that's been in the league for it, the past five years. And, like, it's mm. not even close. Mm. Agreed. 
who are some guys you guys were expecting to hear from? Here is that you know here as the greatest of all time that wasn't mentioned at all. Uh, some guy that lived in black and white. I was expecting Justin to mention. I was a three on somebody's. I was surprised. Uh, so yeah, Calvin Johnson. I was surprised he was a number one, but that the, he also wasn't like a number three or two on anyone else's list. I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, surprised no Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Feels like somebody would have got fit that. He was my number three until I walked in this building. All right. Until Isaac Bruce is like, you know, hey, I'm Good actually shit. better. Good shit, actually. I I, I kind of knew you guys were going to have a bite on the whole Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't, people like that don't attract me. But, phew, yikes. Um, Mike Orbit does. Honestly, <laughs> though, I, I did, I was, I was going to come in here saying Raymond Barry, because without a Raymond Barry, because that man was awful athletically. But he, Amen. he he was so gifted, <laughs> so gifted route running. He in fact like invented like the art of running routes. That without in a, without Raymond Barry, you don't have Antonio Brown. And back to your original argument with Larry and you know, Randy Moss, I am I gonna sit here and tell you that hey, Raymond Barry's better than Antonio Brown? Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean yeah, sure he he invented hey, this is how we run routes now, all right. But I I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm just not gonna do do it like that. So sure. I'd go on record saying that I'd take Tony Gonzalez at wide receiver over Antonio Brown. I, I said this. Oh, my. No way. He's not the greatest tight end of all time, but I'm, yeah. I dig it. Walking in here, I was... I'm getting hot. Like, actually, it was a little bit earlier than this, but, but Garland kind of joked about a Tony Gonzalez at three, and I thought about doing it because Tony Gonzalez was a wide receiver. You know what I mean? He, he really was. And he, he I think if you look at the, like, the, the leading, yeah, you're going to say it. Go ahead. He was six in yards. Um, Jesus Christ. He was also tied for seventh with, you know, somebody mentioned Larry Fitzgerald as the greatest, and he's tied with them at a tight end position. So, you know, that's, that's cool. That's wild. And uh, let me get your receptions here in two seconds. It's going to be a little bit longer than two <laughs> Sir, your time has expired. Uh, while he's looking for that, oh, do you have it? Are we not mentioning Jerry Rice? We're not going to talk about why he's not on our list. I don't no. think so. I think like we've actually it's like been that, really bro. good so far how we've addressed him. Any other four receivers? Yeah, so then we can actually call Steve it. Steve Smith Sr. <laughs> he did I say Jerry Rice, but then you were like, who? Oh. Okay. True. Okay. Sure. All right. Go ahead, Garland. We're back. In the, it was Tony Gonzalez is, this, this is going to be surprising, second all-time in reception. No I can shit. believe that. As a tight end. That's actually insane. Uh, just for clarification... That's he, that's with all players. He was second all time. Yeah. Like yeah. Not, not like second tight end. One thousand three hundred and twenty five receptions that's in his career. That's eighty. That's sixty five more than Larry Fitzgerald. That's third. Yeah, well, that's going to end this year. Yeah. And probably. another surpriser, Jason Witten is fourth all time. I believe that also. That's why. Jason Witten is that's not good. even a top ten yeah. tight end. But right. oh, well, that's goodness. Maybe that's, that's the next episode. Yeah. 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 Two to the next one. Drop one. You know, Antonio Gates two. Uh, why are you putting Shannon Sharp not one? Because who's that? Skip. What are you doing? Skip. Skip. Playoffs. Skip. Tony goes out. Shit's on him. Steve Smith is great. I love Steve Smith. I love Smith. Steve Smith. Steve Smith made me my all-time Ice up, son. Ice up. I'm not surprised he didn't make anybody's list, but I love Steve Smith. I expect him on YouTube clowns to have Shout out to Stephen Smith. Nah, because Stephen Smith called out the playmaker Michael Irvin, and he got he got school. It was amazing when Antoine Network. 
I remember that. You yeah, remember that? That was funny. I want to apologize for the ignorance. Uh, if Steve Smith ever listens to this because he's not Stephen Smith. He's Steve Smith. Yeah. You uh, called him Steven. You called him Steven. I did not call him Steven. Very ignorant. Zach called him Steven, actually. I did it ironically, though. I apologize. Okay. Steve Smith oh my God. put up numbers with Joe Flacco. Yeah, man. That, yeah, he did. It's and pretty easy uh, to do. Jake Dillon. It's pretty easy to do. Yep. Who? Flacco. Flacco gave. Not uh, if you don't run straight down the field. Jacoby <laughs> Jones got numbers with him. Oh, well, Steve Smith put up his best numbers with Jake Dolan. So, like. Jake Dolan, he was good. Steve uh, <laughs> Smith. Steve Smith was the toughest. Marks. I think, yeah, I think we, oh, we end this podcast with me just arguing Jake Dolan until I die. <laughs> and I talk about how he's a cold weather quarterback. Because that's what he was, folks. I uh, he went the warm weather. I you, have no <laughs> stats on Jake Who did Jake you say Dillon. that put up stats with Flacco? Jacoby Jones is a damn baseball outfit. I literally I searched Jacoby Jones and it, it gives me a. Oh, I actually thought it was funny. Uh, as I searched Michael Irvin. I just wanted to see if he had a you know the captain thing on his. I don't know if they did that back there or not. They did. But uh, it was the second picture on there was Des Bryant. So uh, <laughs> not even the best number. Yeah, because Michael Irvin, oh. it, it was it was a disrespect <laughs> every single time Des Bryant had the, the guts or the, the just, I don't know, to step on the field right at 88, disrespect with this case. Okay. And that's why he's out of the league now because no one no one will allow someone that disrespected the playmaker, the second greatest of all time, Michael Irvin. Dallas like, really had some that. shitty receivers outside, outside the field. Dallas Bryant had butt in his mom. You know, Michael, great. Irvin, <laughs> Michael Irvin and Chris Carter were running the cartel. You know. I'm going to um, just killing it, man. Shit I'm going to give you a chance to retract that Jacoby Jones statement if you'd like to. <laughs> yeah, I honestly have no idea. It, yeah. I have no idea what Joe Flacco All I know is is that one time you said that he did not do well. We didn't we didn't have the temperature of the playoff game. 13 degrees, Joe, Joe Flacco dominated. What? Um, <laughs> it was 13 degrees in Denver, and he, Joe, Joe Flacco went and beat Peyton Manning. Yikes. Another guy. 12 reception? Or 12 pass game? We, uh, another guy that I know that we all like, especially Garwin, is Andre Johnson. Uh, I'm not surprised, again, that he didn't make anybody's list, but he's a fantastic receiver. The model of consistency. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's, would the, be Frank Gore. Like, he's, he's the Frank right. Gore. He's the Frank Gore. He, he's, he's the Frank Gore. He had a fantastic career. Like, he deserves a shout-out. That's right. Um, any others that we can think of? Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne. John Stallworth? Uh, he was sure. the best coach receiver. Um, no, um, I actually like to Holden. say... I, I was going to say, bring him up. I don't think he's a top three, but, no, but he's, he's, like, he's a good receiver. Red zone threat. He might be a top three red zone threat of all time. Um, I was actually surprised and pleased to see Lin Swan make a list. I don't know if I could really put, because it's just so hard to argue like stat-wise about Lin Swan, but like, I actually do believe Lin Swan was an incredible player, especially in the time period that he played in, and so I was, I was happy to see him actually you know, be at least mentioned, and especially even make a list. So that was cool. We're talking Andre Johnson consistency. He is 11th in receiving yards. Nice. And 11th in reception. All right. Hey. Oh, my man. Hey. man had, my man had Matt Schaub throwing to him. Oh, my God. Did he ever? What a waste. <laughs> He's got number one written all over him. What a waste. He could have been like <laughs> Literally. I also was kind of surprised. Maybe, maybe this is just because I'm a football historian, and I often binge watch old football. The old what, like what, Fred... Blinkendorf? Is that a mistake? Blinkendorf? Blinkendorf? I think his name right down somewhere. You, you have the name down? Because I just thought, like, I don't want to say it, but that's, like, he reminds me, he reminds me, talking too fast here, he reminds me of Antonio Brown, in that he was, like, undersized, no one really wanted him coming out of college, and then, you're like, oh my God, who is this guy? 
Really loved it. Sure. I got uh, one more here. Um, I just want to own a stealing train here that he's supposed to have this, you know, record thing that he broke this year where he's got six six games of 100-plus yards. To start the I'm a, season. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, start the season. I'm going to give you a good old name here. Nobody knows him. Charlie Hennigan had it seven times. Did it seven times back. This, this is the AFL, but, hey, you got to respect it. He did it. He's the first sure. one to do it. He did it seven times. Let's see if Dan's going to do it. Good for Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> um, if anybody else has any others. Um, no, yeah, I just wanted to mention that OBJ. Is, we argued about him extensively yesterday, unfortunately, off mic. Um, but it was a OBJ's, good argument. OBJ's fucking great. OBJ's it was, it great. was a good series of arguments. We ended again with Big Ben being good or bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so who can really say? But, and Michael Thomas, I want to also say. One of my favorite receivers right now, he has what, like, 49 targets and, like, 45 catches. <laughs> it's, like, nonsense. I think in five years, these lists are going to have Julio Jones on it. They're going to have Antonio Brown on it. Um, and I think Odell is going to be very, very close. Like, I think... Just going to bitch about Odell's attitude. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we could do this show again in six years and just be like, I don't want a team of Odell's. Um, <laughs> I think we have some incredibly talented receivers currently. In it. the game, and I think they're gonna end up on the all-time great lists. Yeah. Any current this year lists of wide receivers without Devontae Adams on it? Oh, is it oh, right. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't hear any any Heinz words. Especially I know. Uh, well, I mean, there. I had I had Larry Fitzgerald from Pittsburgh, and I had Lynn Swan from Pittsburgh. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll finish it up with uh, Tim Brown. Very surprised he didn't get a mention. He's the he is the most unraider raider because he had like no. No, uh, like, like any convictions by the police. No, like, never had any problems. <laughs> clean and slate. He had, a, he had a clean slate. He was a really good, wholesome man. The best wide receiver in the Bay Area ever. Um, and I think, like, as I'm sitting here thinking, I don't think there's a single wide receiver that we haven't mentioned that, uh, you know, that should be mentioned. I think we've talked about all the greats. So I guess there's just... In that, we, that middle California region? That middle California region especially, but... Uh, I mean, really, National Football League. So we're, we can go ahead. I guess we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, this has been a bunch of guys being dudes. Uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in to the Dion Sanders does not know who Jerry Rice is. The show. show. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next uh, yeah. season. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back whenever. Uh, New whenever new we podcast, are. Every. Every. Uh, every quarter. Whenever we do it. How yeah. about that? All right. Thank you for listening. Yep. We're trying to get somebody to take a whole picture of all you of us. Beautiful, you yeah, beautiful, you beautiful angels.